0: Dude, I'm so I'm so pumped to see this guy Fuego getting the fucking TV time he's getting, man.
1: I love him. Nah, man, and that's that's funny how it's coming full circle because that's oh shit, he's waiting. My bad. <laughs> as as we talk about him, he comes in. Let me uh, stop this music real quick. Who, Fuego. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my new boss! There he is. Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> that's Look, I mean, if if you texted me, probably would, but <laughs> right. Can y'all hear can me?
1: We can hear you loud and yes, clear. Yes, sir. <laughs>
3: Fantastic. He's
0: the only one with the, he's the only one with the camera on because he's the only one that looks good on camera right now. Well, that's uh, part, uh, that's, yeah. that's
1: part of it. That coming soon. Uh, the issue, the reason why I can't be on cameras because I will kill all the bandwidth for what I have available. <laughs> I I, I I work.
2: I, I'm a I'm a little disheveled. I haven't uh, premium carried my beard beard just yet. <laughs>
1: I can care I can care less. I just want the ability to be able to stream my video so I don't kill the bandwidth of a fire podcast. I
3: mean,
2: I'm va- I'm vain as fuck. I like. I'm
3: vain. I'm vain
2: as fuck.
0: <laughs> I'm, on <my> <laughs> I'm on my I'm on my Metro PCS flip phone so. Hey, this is but, the best I can listen. It works. Trapper
2: dots. I only trapper dots.
3: And you know, like I just literally roll out of bed and put on a t-shirt and go to work. So I'm slumlord every day of the week unless <laughs> I don't have to be. Welcome
1: to the Broken Pencil Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and Radio Show, infused with hip hop. I am Wood,
2: made daily with organic farm to table. Localized, neuralized, sterilized. scotch guarded for 2020 repellent. Available online, shipped via Amazon. Not available on Sundays, but now available on thebeastradio.com. Broken pencil logic. You stay classy, Internet. I'm Suave Burgundy. Oh, shit.
1: Look at this. Another day. Another holler, holler, holler. My brother, my partner, in crime swab burgundy's in the building. What's happening?
2: Blessings to you all. You have survived another week of the Squid Games of the United States of America. Mark safe. Sura- and surrounding countries. <laughs> you are marked safe from release and future endeavors. And I feel as though you deserve a reward. On that note,
1: your reward once again, joining us live from the slums of nowhere. <laughs> Pencil pusher extraordinaire, DJ extraordinaire, my man Tony Snow. Tony was having
0: yesterday's price. <laughs> <laughs> Is not today's price. Price just went up. Price, price dude, just I, went up. I need, to change my, I need to change my logo, though. I need to get more, like, suave. I need,
2: this is Tony Snow. <laughs> you know, can't, can't, can't ban the snowman.
0: <laughs> man, what's up, fam? I'm excited to be here. Thanks again for having me back. This is my favorite pro wrestling podcast, and that's no BS. And then, uh, man, we got an incredible show today. I'm pumped, dude. Man, so- our, our, other, our guest of honor... Yep. My new boss, man. I can't wait to have him on. Listen,
1: yeah. he's he's on. He he's, he's gonna be here for the whole show, man. I'm, let's, let's get this out the way early. We've been talking about this man probably
2: now for shit three years, Suave? at least a it, solid two but I'll,
0: I'll go with three
2: for he is uh, the yoda
0: he is the yoda of pro wrestling promoters we we <laughs> we drove and
1: i'm
3: like the trailer park yoda
1: <laughs> we swab Max. and i both drove different from different directions uh over an hour in 110 plus degree heat to sit outside to see a fire show from this man's promotion that is finally getting his just due That's ladies Max. and gentlemen Jerry Bostic, a.k.a. The Boss Founder, President of World Class Pro Wrestling or formerly known as World Class Revolution Pro Wrestling now just World Class Pro Wrestling. Jerry, welcome to the show.
3: Man, thank you guys for having me. You know, I don't know that there's a better combination in life than wrestling and hip-hop. I love it. I mean, I love re- hip-hop is pro wrestling. Look at the record labels. <laughs>
1: that's,
3: that's straight <laughs> up, man. I mean, I can't think of... Uh, Shit, what is that dude's name? He just had an album come out, and like half the songs are about wrestlers. West Side like, you know, Gun. West, West, Side Gun. Gun. Yeah. West Side Gun. Yeah. yeah. When yeah, I was we listening sp- to that, man, I was loving it. We just, you know, just I mean, spent two think, episodes talking about him. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. And I mean, if you think about when wrestling first became mainstream, what brought it to the mainstream that was music. You know, there's always been a strong tie between the two. I mean, you think about whenever wrestlers first started coming out. Recording
4: in progress.
3: You know, I mean, it. I mean, it's great. I mean, from the entrance music to just the strong ties and, and all of the music communities, it's amazing. Yeah. Wrestling and music go hand in hand. No doubt, man. And, and it's more so for us, the
1: attitude, because we just, you know, Swab and I have been working together for the better part of the last 13 years that I've been in Texas. And this was, believe it or not, we've told the story on here before, but of course, we, there's always new pencil pushers that come to the show. This whole concept started from a text thread Between me, Suave, and two of my kids right. And uh, and then eventually it just became Hey, let's do this podcast Hey, let's do this podcast Hey, I'm redoing my office Hey, I'm building my office Hey, I got this rig Hey, when are we recording? And uh, here, here we are 139 episodes later Um,
3: Shit! 13 years later That says a lot about you guys Friendship right there You made it 13 years Doing stuff like this That says a lot
1: There's a (laughs) a professional level of respect That goes along with Hopping on stage
3: with with one another Which you know Because you're a DJ too I mean, I, I, like I'm the Trailer Park Yoda, I'm the Trailer Park DJ.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when <laughs> you
3: are broke, you call me.
2: <laughs> Get down, I do.
3: <laughs> Damn right, I'm down with some Dave Chappelle, too. Uh, I think it's amazing uh, what Dave Chappelle's done lately. You know, standing up to the cancel culture like he has, I think I think it's great. I think it's real easy for people to take, you know, what what came out about Dave in the media, and it, and if you don't watch the special, then you probably believe everything you read. But you should definitely watch that before you just read what they said about him. It's so not true.
0: I love okay. anything that makes Netflix employees upset, no matter what it is. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have such a cushy life; they got no problems. Uh, whatever I can do to piss them off So all four Dave Chappelle, man Let's get it You know, <laughs> if
3: your biggest problem in life is, is a Dave Chappelle special Then you've got it going pretty good
1: it, it These seems, are truths It seems like a Netflix employee's only job Is to green light programming because every Friday you get a, a message on Facebook or Twitter about a new show that you didn't hear about. every not, A week later, one million people have streamed it, have watched it, the entire series, all 10 episodes, because every show has 10 episodes. And then you go and uh, then you're the first one, you're the first one to block to finish the, the new show. Everybody's waiting for the next show to, go, to come out. And everybody's perpetuating trash. Like, I haven't seen Squid Games, but I keep hearing it's, it's the beautiful train wreck. But again, I haven't
3: seen it either. I, I have not seen it
2: either. It, it's extremely entertaining if you like inappropriate violence.
3: <laughs> well, then I probably need to watch it because most of wrestling, would, wrestling like so. inappropriate violence.
1: I would say as, <laughs> as a wrestling fan, I, I feel compelled to watch it now because I've never heard it quite put
2: like that. <laughs> I told you. I told right? you. I told you. It has, it has all the implications of what we've known and love about wrestling. And then there's the gratuitous violence. You have to indulge.
3: So do you guys always have music playing in the background? Always. I always. think that's great. If I would have known that, I would have made a request. I would I would have wanted no limit playing in the background.
4: <laughs> so, <laughs>
3: So here, here's the here, uh, Shout out to my boy and fellow wrestling promoter Masterpiece. Like
1: <laughs> Indeed. Here's the thing. So the the reason why we have certain things playing like for instance, this is Alchemist playing right here. Um uh, we we have permission verbally from from some of our favorites Alchemist among those uh, Marco Polo Marco Polo and M. Sligo were the first to give us permission to use there so the stuff that we See, play we have permission to use and, and not get canceled the music. CG shout out to uh-huh. CG
3: uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah you, know, so, you say BG, like cash money BG? No, CG.
2: CG. Oh, okay. I was like, BG? Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I'm sure we can get in touch with him as soon as he gets get situated.
3: You know, it's amazing all the great hip hop that's come out of Texas. I mean, so, uh, you know, I mean, you talk about the legendary DJ Screw, you know, Michael Watts, Swisher House, Lil Flip. I mean, so many people came out. Paul Wall came out with the Texas movement. It was, it was great, man. Texas, Texas hip hop is great. You did know somebody say
0: Texas hip hop? Did I hear Texas hip hop somewhere? <laughs> yeah, yes, straight did. up. Yeah,
3: you did. I, hey, when you whenever
0: did. someone says that phrase within a 100 mile radius, my ears perk up.
3: <laughs> man, you know who I heard? Uh, my boy Lorenzo. Uh, he put out this girl, XB Valentine. You guys heard her? I have not.
0: And, 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 and sorry, boss, but. For those of y'all who aren't
3: on a first name basis with
0: him, you can look him up as Smooth
1: Vega. Not oh shit! Yeah, right. Smooth Vega, yes, My the important words that I know of. So I would say, say we 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 are familiar with Smooth Vega. We don't yeah, know the we wrestlers
3: by their first name. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's a, that's a you super. know it's funny. There there was a girl I used one time and uh, the boxing commission from Oklahoma called me one day and they were asking questions about her and I'm like. I don't know why you guys are calling me. I have, I've never used this person in my life. And like, no, you've used her multiple times. I was like, well, I would think I would know if I've used them. And then they were like, well, her wrestling name is so-and-so. And I was like, well, why didn't you say that shit to start with? <laughs> I didn't know that wasn't a real name.
2: <laughs> you should have led with that, damn it. Yeah, the, like bearing the ball, lead. Where, who taught hey, you? Made for a couple of years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's funny that you mentioned that. Cause like one of the things that, um, that we always admired is the fact that you take the approach of, of, of a promoter from like a like a, a, a fight promoter from like the 60s or the 70s, <laughs> where you won't you won't do like weekly shows or monthly shows. You'll just pop up, and when you pop up, you usually have a star-studded card. How, how what what got you to like that style of promoting, and and will that change now that you guys actually have a uh, a, a over-the-top
3: streaming presence? uh you know honestly man i mean i think that you know spot shows was the right thing to do to establish the product initially i think it comes with some setbacks as well you know when you're going into new markets constantly yeah you're getting the word out but it's going to take you a minute to establish yourself in each one of these markets and so you know we came out uh you know our plan this time around we're still going to do those those crazy spot shows here and there wherever the you know, I've always been like, you know, I'm going to go where I want to go. And, you know, that's rubbed some people the wrong way over the years. And it's never been to disrespect anybody. But the wrestling territories died. You know, they're gone. There is no such thing. And, you know, my I, I support anybody. You know, they come to my hometown like, all right, that's cool. Good luck. You know? and, I, and I think it should be that way. You know, there should be more support. Amongst each other, especially promoter-wise, than there is, and it always cracks me up. People are like, "Oh man, like, you know, your competition, so and so and so and so." I'm like, "You're out of your mind!" Like, there is no competition. Like, I mean, that is silliness. Unless you're running against somebody in the same town on the same day, they are not your competition. And if you think they are, then you need to take a crash course on what you do because it's Dude, not this is
0: team. this is just a breath of fresh air, man. Can we have more wrestling promoters like this, please? <laughs> I
3: use <Like, laughs> <Here's> the truth.
0: <laughs> you see why well, I'm excited to work out, with this man. man? Like, come on, dude! Like, promoters you know, are I... so paranoid nowadays. It's like if someone's running anywhere near me, they're my competition. We got to put them out of business. Well, my only enemy even... is myself, man.
3: <laughs> well it, it's deeper than that they're like oh they did this to us on purpose you know like i've had people say that to me and it's like man i'm not trying to slight you but you know i don't even know who you are like i mean
1: we're, we're talking like see, we're, see, we're, like first see, class relationship see, do, building
2: which dr, dr. Bostic's uh, <laughs> views and mine are gonna align just fine like we're gonna I get mean, along
3: great but, you know, I mean, in the same respect, they're like, well, I don't know you either. And I'm like, I know. So why do we have a problem? You don't even know me. Like, get to know me. And then if you still want to have a problem, we can have a problem. But, you know, my thing is, you know, you should be helping people. And if you guys, you know, if you look at my social media, a lot of times I will share other companies flyers because, you know, like I said, there is no competition. And I, and I think um, AEW did a great thing by what they're doing by it. Opening so many doors of working with other promotions because they're showing even on a high level that it's okay, and if it's okay on that level, then how the hell is it not okay on our level? I mean, truth tr- <laughs> be told,
1: mean, Jerry, I mean, you can you can uh, you can you know beat your own chest on this one. Some of the cards that you put together and just the relationships that you built with some of these superstars over the years will rival rosters of AEW at any given point in time. So you can honestly say that you might be the blueprint for what AEW was trying to build and and just because you've had some of those talents on some of your cards, and even some of the talent now are still represented on some of your cards.
3: I mean, I appreciate the compliment. You know, I don't think I was probably any, I don't think I was even an afterthought for them or from them. (laughs) Oh, dare to be surprised in the internet era. You know, you are surprised sometimes, you know, obviously uh they know about you to a certain extent you know they actually uh and, there, and there's a lot of good people that work there right you know uh kevin sullivan not my kevin sullivan kevin sullivan the producer actually reached out to me it's probably whatever whenever Hobie was on a he's like hey man do you mind if we use some of your footage i'm like oh no like uh, thanks for telling me but no i don't mind man if that's what you guys need and that's in your best interest and Hoobie's best interest then use that shit all day I don't care <laughs> you know and, and I mean really that's how it should be you know I had uh, you know I work with Hannibal and uh, he put out a tweet that uh, that referred to us as WCPW and some indie dude from Chicago apparently trademarked that when <laughs> and, when do it Pro it was wrestling? even intentional <laughs> and he reaches out and he's like hey man I got that trademarked and I was like oh you big time me, huh? I was like okay I was like man look we didn't mean no disrespect by it. We won't do it again. This is comical. Thanks for telling me. like, <laughs> you know, like I, I mean, let's keep I'm it I'm not going to have no problems with you, and I'm not going to pick fights with you, but you come at me in some whack manner, then I'll tell you. I mean, I'll tell you to your it's, face. It's, I'm it's, not going to talk it, about you on my keyboard, and I'm not going to go behind your back. I'll tell you to your face.
1: It's pretty because, ballsy that somebody in a—so even though Chicago is a bigger market per se, it's a smaller market for professional wrestling. How can somebody from that far away <laughs> try to high cap on you in a bigger market with higher visibility? It's just—it doesn't make any sense. Like you said, man. yeah, it's, it's, like there's no competition, and then you do things like that. There goes your help.
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, I mean, I probably could have been more diplomatic about it than I was. And I wasn't. Why would you? Why would you be it. though? like <laughs> But it's common. It's common. You know what I mean? And, you know, I think it's great that AEW's done that because they're setting a benchmark that shows that you really have nothing to gripe about and you really have no reason to put down other promotions and other talent. And, you know, it's funny because I was talking to somebody about Steam the other day. And I said, you know, whenever you work with Steam one time, after you meet sting and you work with sting you leave that thinking how in the hell could any promoter or any talent on any level have any sense of entitlement or have an attitude towards anybody because this dude that's done all this stuff he's one of the most humble and genuine people you would ever meet so if he's not like that then you don't have the right to be like that. man and I, and I think that more people should have that like Hey, guys, if you're listening, promoters, y'all should book Sting, so then you know from how on how we should all act. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Straight up, man.
0: Yeah, uh, it's too funny, too though, because you know, of, for real, Sting like
3: doesn't them. act like that, what entitles you to act like that?
0: Too many of them are too broke to bring in Sting, though. They would be bringing in the NWO Sting or some shit. Sure. <laughs> <Hey> man, props <laughs> to him, too, man.
3: You know, somebody actually, you know, I made that post about Sting the other day. Somebody actually posted NWO Sting, and I got a good laugh out of it. I was like, damn, that would be funny. <laughs> to bring an NWO Sting and you know, but a lot of people would get mad, rightfully so, and you know, but it would still be comical. You'd, you'd have to get
1: Big Sting in just, just, just uh, to, to smooth it over, just in order to pull that off. But I mean, but uh, you, you, yeah, you would almost have to have
3: NWO Sting come out, everybody get mad, and the real Sting come out and lay him out one more time and take it home. You know, that probably would be really good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, Actually, we go. I We're agree. doing, doing bookings, See it.
3: Watch the other February, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Don't be putting ideas in my head, fellas, because I like some random shit.
2: That's how we work here. That's what we do. So I mean, it, it's you obviously know. you do. We saw the Kyle Hawk match. You like random
3: shit. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't talk about anything before I go out there. Everything that I do is on the fly. Man. You know, I've always been one to think, and I'm not always right either. I'll be the first one to tell you, I've made a lot of mistakes. I make mistakes every day. My opinions aren't always right. My views aren't always right. But guess what? In America, we're supposed to all be entitled to that shit. Right now, it seems like people forget that you can't have different opinions, but the world would be a really boring place if you did all have the
0: same opinion. (laughs) <laughs> dude i gotta i gotta ask you though i've been dying to ask and i wanted to wait until we had a public forum instead of just messaging you oh um, that's
3: great do it publicly
0: bro <laughs> what was it like to get back in the ring man at the cotillion because i uh, haven't seen the video yet but from what i've heard and from all the pictures and everything you looked in great shape they said you hadn't missed a beat what was it like to get back in front of people
3: uh, yeah i mean it was weird man i never thought and obviously, there's people wrestling at an older age than me. I mean, you know, Sting's one of them, and he's looking great right now. But you know, I never envisioned myself physically wrestling at the age of forty. And uh, you know, it was nice. Eric Embry gave me about a month's notice, so I was able to go to the gym for a month. <laughs> and you know, I've been in there uh, ever since. I'm, I'm a habitual person, so if I make going to the gym, I have it. On my and uh, you know, but I don't go train for wrestling anymore. You know, like. I think initially when I got started, you know, my dream was to be a wrestler, but uh, I I think it's important for people to realize, like if you want to be in the wrestling business, that's great. There's a bus. You can go have a seat on that bus. There's a seat on the bus for almost anybody with the right attitude and the right heart to be on that bus. There's a seat for everybody, but the seat on the bus may not be the seat that you want it to be. And you know, my seat, I wanted to to be as a wrestler, but it was not meant to be, you know, I was meant to be a promoter and that's fine. You know, you had to be willing to, uh, accept your seat on that bus. And, you know, whenever we had our first, uh, no, it was our second big show, uh, rise of the revolution in Shawnee, Oklahoma, Fire Lake arena. I remember having, uh, about 15 minutes to get dressed. And as we're walking out there saying, okay, Hey, this is the start. This is the finish. Let's go. And, and, you know, at that point, uh, it really made me realize I was going to have to choose either myself or the company. And, you know, obviously, I chose the company because I don't wrestle very much anymore. And, you know, I'm okay. I, I never uh, felt slighted by it. And, uh, you know, I think by the time my story said and done, the actual wrestling part is a small part of it. But, you know, I still enjoy it. It was, it was great to be back out there. Uh, you know, I love performing in front of the fans and spending time with the fans. And so uh, i'm I'm sure I'll be back in there a few more times. Who knows how? <laughs> Man,
1: what well, we're looking forward to, I do know that uh, speaking of like random and pulling things out, you're resurrecting one of the staples here in Texas for the holidays Christmas Star Wars you're bringing back.
3: And you know, I mean, that's it's tough when you take on stuff like that. you know it, it was tough taking on the world last night Which, you know, was not my idea. Originally, it was Marshall Von Erickson. uh, You know, we were, because whenever we first got television, it was funny. We picked up our first TV station, and we didn't have a TV show. Uh, You know, they called, it was NBC out of Missouri. The guy calls, he's like, hey, man, yeah, you know, I've seen your stuff, and I like it. And we had a wrestling company on TV, and they went out of business, and we want to replace them with your show. And I was like, well, I appreciate that, but I don't have a TV show. (laughs) <laughs> they had just been watching YouTube footage and uh the guy was like well you know it's like he just kept going he's like you know it's every Saturday following Saturday Night Live and I was like I'll take it <laughs> and uh he's like well when can you get me the show I was like well now we're back to the problem that I don't have a show <laughs> I was like you know uh give me a month and I'll figure it out and you know in that month I watched a lot of videos read a lot of articles And I went and sat with Jim Ross uh, as much as I could within that one with my little notepad and uh, it's it's funny I still have my notepads I still use those all the time Um, and I just sat there with my little notepad and would listen and write everything he told me on how to uh, construct a tv program and you know JR was, was very instrumental in my success in so many ways and You know, at that time, uh, and in fact, you know, he would put us over on his podcast and he'd always make fun of the Imperial Wrestling Revolution name because it was so long. (laughs) And so when we got TV, we decided we wanted to change it. Marshall came up with that idea. And uh, I was like, oh, man, I don't know. We're going to have to ask your dad. Like, we can't do that without asking your dad, man. Like, that's not right. And, And, you know, Kevin was wholeheartedly behind it. And so that's when we made the change. And when you make a change like that, you know, having the world class name is tough. Because you're always going to have the haters that, you know, you're going to have the haters that compared to the original and it's not the original. We try our best to honor the original company, but it's not the same. And then you also have the people that are, you know, they're always going to have these high expectations. Like sometimes, um, I think really it's a reflection of society in a lot of ways. Uh, Sometimes it's like something is never enough. You know, it's like, for example, uh, you know, the the show in December has so many talented people on it and people are still like, well, what about this person or what about that person? It's like, come on, guys, <laughs> can't give it to you all at once. Yeah,
1: like nothing's ever enough.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think it's that way in general. I think, uh, you know, with the Internet developed like it has and phones, and, you know, it, it's very evident in how wrestling is even structured. now. Look at look at the payoff on, a, on an angle. The payoff on an angle is typically a month or two you know it used to be what you know like it would take six months to a year for a year, an angle yeah. To roll yeah yeah you know, so it, it's like just people's watching habits in general have changed and, and it you know it amazes me almost every day just there are certain watching habits and I, I think you know if you want to be successful in wrestling music or anything you have to be a student of the game and you have to be able to listen learn and evolve. And, you know, sometimes that, that's a, a tricky thing, especially in wrestling. You know, wrestling has evolved so much in, in every way. Yeah, I mean, you'd look at, uh, I, I, I created actually the Ring of Honor, um, the evolution of wrestling to what it is now. I mean, you look at how many of the stars at, in Ring of Honor went on to be WWE stars, and now a lot of them are in AEW. And, uh, you know, Vince even changed the way WWE was presented, excuse me, in a certain aspect to uh, the Ring of Honor style. I mean that's how big it was at one point you know and it, it was very sad to see them go out of business you know a lot of great people worked there they were supporting them and their families and you know that was really sad to see so uh, but, so do uh, you think it that wouldn't, it, it it wouldn't break my heart for sinclair to ask me if i wanted to be on there i'd be like yeah, I'm sure I'm <laughs> <for Sinclair." laughs> i bet not <laughs> i mean you know you, you
1: can you can be in over 40 million homes in any given moment i mean yeah i think that wouldn't be a bad problem to
3: have I- i'll take no. it man. and you know i've always been a firm believer that uh our product uh, is definitely TV ready. It's just about who you know and being seen by the right
1: So, do you think that uh, that we have seen the last of Ring of Honor? I mean, of course, the like, writings on the wall. But optimistically, you don't want to see that many people go left without you know a paycheck. So do you, that I mean and naturally, Joe Coff has gone public and saying that the. Uh, it's it's a it's a reset and we'll see them back again uh WrestleMania weekend. Do you, do you think that we will see a reset and a rebrand and if so like what would that look like and if not like what's next?
3: Man, I don't know. I I hope that they do come back. I don't think sometimes people realize uh, and and it's very evident when it comes to WWE and AEW more than anybody else obviously. I feel like people are like, oh, man, like you can't be fans of both. No, you sure can. And you don't <laughs> want either one of them to feel like. You don't want any company to feel like that. The more companies that are thriving, the better wrestling is for all of us. Right. And, and you know, like a reboot with them, I think it was probably needed. I think Ring of Honor peaked in 2018. And uh, it was funny because I remember having this conversation with Raphael Morphy, who was um, AEW's tour director at the time. He was JR's assistant. We were talking about it, and he asked me what I thought about it. And I said, you know, I said, honestly, if it was me, and this was uh, right around whatever WrestleMania was in uh, New Orleans at that time. I said, you know, uh, yeah, I I don't even know what number they're on now. (laughs) As sad (laughs) as that is. But, you know, I remember saying, you know, if it was me, I would tell everybody in the company, get on the bus, get in your seat right now, and let's go. And, you know, they didn't do that, oddly enough. You know, they they financed the first all-in. And, you know, I've heard on good authority, you know, they actually went to uh, actually went to Joe Cop and uh, offered them kind of AEW before it was AEW, and they didn't want to do it. And so I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of missed opportunities. You know, there, whenever you had Cody and the Young Bucks, you knew they weren't going to stay long term. There's your chance when you have all these eyeballs on you to create a new star, but they didn't. And I think, you know, unfortunately, they paid for that whenever the… Luster wore off of the product And people didn't necessarily want to watch it I think New, J- New Japan is, the, is in the same boat You know, it's heartbreaking To see a promotion like that come to The area and do so poorly you know, Oh because man. you do know, oh, And it was bad, you know, from the pictures I saw It was
1: really bad, That's sad And one of the biggest stars uh, at that time Was someone who was homegrown from Texas And it was, it was heartbreaking to see That kind of uh, reaction or that kind of turnout For
3: a hometown hero In a venue that size like, yeah, you know, you, you got to be, I think, and obviously, I mean, they probably know more than me. They're on a different level than I am. But I think that you have to be smart in your booking of venues. And, you know, you shouldn't be booking the Curtis Colwell Center and trying to follow AEW because right now it's not going to turn out. Well. And You know, it's no different than them running American Airlines. Like why in the world would you run American Airlines? And I'm sure it was linked to Mark Cuban at the time. Oh, definitely. why would you run that venue when you can't fill it respectfully?
1: And 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 even that underwhelmed, like that was uh, I was completely floored by the turnout too. Like like because we were we were anticipating to be there in attendance and saw that you know because we thought it was going to be a sellout, first time New Japan's ever hit uh American (laughs) soil in Texas, and because everything always is bigger in Texas. Wrestling, the history in Texas wrestling goes back you know a century and you know you have fans that span generations at any given show and they got virtually nobody in there on a live televised broadcast but then yeah, you're we, also going head up with a UFC pay-per-view the same night too it was bad yeah like it was bad for the business but not bad overall I mean because I mean they, they tried it and we, they, we learned but we also got some very good product that night too I, I won't forget the product that we saw there
3: yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not a knock on their product at all. But you would think, too, after the American Airlines debacle, that maybe you shouldn't run a venue like that. <laughs> and then they get a Curtis Colwell. And it's like, obviously, you guys didn't learn your lesson. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. I've ran shows that have bombed, too. So, that, you know, it's not, I'm not knocking.
1: Boss, we got an agenda for the rest of the show. you you playing, we're going to stick around and kind of help us go through some of this nonsense because this <laughs> we're about, we about to dig
3: deep here. Oh yeah, man, I'm down with you guys, Bet. man. If I'm on it, I'm on it. Bet. Uh, I don't give a shit what we cover, I'm down with all of it.
2: Right you. on, man, we we, we love yeah, perspective. Before we get to that, how, how different do you think AEW looks today if if Kauf takes that offer?
3: Man, I, I think AEW is evolving on their own. You know, I think, um, I don't know, you know, to me, AEW, I think initially was going to be a place for new stars to be built and it was and it was needed i think you know uh, definitely an alternative was needed in general but i think slowly well now you know quickly they're becoming a newer version of wcw and at least in the organizational aspect of it uh, product wise i i think that, you know if it was a ring of honor product it definitely would be more serious you know because i mean there's you know to me it's like watching a Entertainment variety hour. When you watch AEW, you never know what you're going to see. And, and I'll say that in a, in a bad sense, honestly. Um, out of the wrestling I do watch, I think uh, AEW is the most entertaining thing on. But I'm not sure that I watch it for all of the right reasons. I mean, I'm easily amused and I like cheap laughs, so I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure I'm watching it for the right
1: reasons.
2: <laughs> right, right.
1: You sound like me. That might. I don't know if that's a, uh, a like an age thing because. Um, you and i are really close in age and and that's usually i i, I watch for fuck ups i don't
3: <laughs> yeah, and they have a lot of those <laughs> yeah and,
1: and i don't i don't watch out and i don't mean that in the sense like i want to see people get hurt or get injured or anything like that like i i watch so i can laugh and criticize the bad and of course if anything that's good i'll appreciate cuz we we've talked ad nauseum about the whole uh suzuki versus uh, uh, danielson match Um, there's not much that that goes wrong but when you find something that goes wrong
3: oh boy like we're all over it you know like I've been blessed with being able to flip the switch and I can watch any show that comes on like a fan and not even think about the work aspect the promoting aspect like I can literally just watch it and get into it and you know I, that's always been to me i think a real blessing to be able to do that so i can just watch it and not even think about world class or what i would do or any of that that's a goat you know? little skill man. oh yeah <laughs> you know like man they, they have some really entertaining stuff but you know uh whenever we started doing like movie crossover type things you know we did like the dallas crossover we did Smokey and the bandit smallville wizard of oz uh, we did all these different things uh you know obviously i like combining pop culture with wrestling and, you know, they do a lot of that. And, you know, I think what well, last week they came out as the Ghostbusters. They did uh, the Space Jam thing. Like, I like that stuff. I think it's entertaining.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you, you had so many char- characters from the 80s show up on TV. We hadn't seen that many characters on a non-WWE program from the 80s and like, forever. You know, possibly since WCW in the '90s, <laughs> it was the last time we saw yeah. that big characters from the '80s, and it was that was very entertaining. And even the fact that you know how how they they tied up uh, uh, Brandon Cutler, a la what was what was the movie Trading Places? They tied him up yeah. like Trading Places, and no no one caught that aspect of it. So another '80s character
3: reference there. Um, Trading Places. That's a good movie.
1: Yeah, man. You you, you got you to gotta dig deep, especially when you're dealing with people that uh, that have a high IQ and pop culture. You got to dig deep sometimes to figure out what exactly you're, you're, you're dealing with. Otherwise, you're just not going to get it. You're just going to fly right over your head.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. you know,
3: and, and it's a tricky landscape to blend those things. You know, I remember when we did the Southport thing, you know, we were really worried at one point. Like, how is this going to come across? Like, we had no idea at the time. And no, then, I remember when I got the finished product, I watched it and I was blown away. I was like, oh, my God, this is good. Didn't that go
1: across two or three different shows like or two or three venues over like two or three nights?
3: Yeah. Well, we filmed it all in one day, which, uh, you know, later on, it was all at, at the actual ranch. We filmed everything like in the actual house. South ranch, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, we filmed the show in their ballroom. And uh you know we're actually looking at going back there wait 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 you know. hold, on, hold on don't don't jump over that jerry hold on you said you
1: filmed the show in their ballroom at southwood yeah, ranch you put a 20 absolutely. by
3: 20 ring
1: inside of a ballroom and put people in there to watch a wrestling event inside a ranch inside of a ballroom of a house in texas
3: let <laughs> well, that ballroom is actually a totally separate structure okay it, that, okay that property, all right okay that property is over 300 acres yeah, that's that a wrestling that vacation from. resort. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, they actually started uh, booking it out to where you can stay the night in that house and you know, sleep in uh, jr and Sue Ellen's bed and crazy stuff like that. But, you know, we're actually um, looking back or looking into going back there 2022, probably I'd say three to four times and hopefully getting a 10 episode run of something totally different than our normal product. So we're at, we're actually looking into going back there. I was just there probably a uh, probably a couple months ago taking a tour of it again to refresh my memory of where everything was located and getting clearance to where we can actually film on all the different parts of the property. So I, I really loved the Southport thing. This I is, remember yeah. giving it to uh, Barry Bloom who was uh he was JR's agent, but he was Hulk Hogan's agent, very well yeah,
2: known. Yeah, I'm familiar with Barry Bloom.
3: Yeah, you know, Jr. told me, he's like, when you have something you want me to send to him, let me know. So I gave that to him and he sent it to me and he called and he goes, how in the hell did you come up with this? I was like, man, I know you're probably expecting a profound answer, but I was actually just staying with Yvonne Erickson in Hawaii and I was trying to show him a picture on my phone and I clicked on the wrong thing and it was my tour of South Fork But I used to love the old show, Dallas. And uh, I just said, we should do a show there. We should do the wrestling version of Who Shot Jr. <laughs> the only problem is junior didn't want to get shot. Right. <laughs> he told me verbatim, I'm not doing that hokey shit. I didn't like doing it when I was with Vince, and you pay me a lot less than he does. And he was on the money about everything. So I could not argue. <laughs> and I remember we showed up that day not knowing what we were going to do. And, uh, you know, John Morrison is one of my favorite human beings, Uh working with and just personally and so creative, especially, you know, I think, I think when people are really in touch with themselves, uh, if you let them take the ball and run with it, sometimes you get some really special stuff. John actually came up with the concept of the show and, uh, we filmed it all in one day and Barry was, uh, he was blown away. He was like, uh, you know, he goes, how many times does WWE try to blend Hollywood and wrestling? And I was like, a lot. And he's like, well, what do you think when they do it? I said, it's usually awful. And he goes, I agree. And he goes, and what you've done is brilliant. And I was like, oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. And he was like, how many days did it take you to film it? I was like, one. And he's like, what? And he goes, what production company did you use? And I was like, we don't have one. We had a bunch of guys with mismatched cameras that just care. (laughs) I mean, he was blown away by the whole thing. And he was like, so you did all this in one day with... Your own people? And I was like, yes. And, you know, I mean, he really enjoyed the product. At the time, our uh, social media falling wasn't high enough for us to take it and get what I thought it was worth. So we just didn't do anything with it. And, uh, you know, we just, we've sat on that tape library this whole time until I recently made the deal with Seagie TV to uh, license the rights of our old product to them. And they're a brand new streaming service that came out around November. And, uh, you know, to my knowledge, it was probably one of the largest independent wrestling deals of all time. And, uh, you know, I hope it does really well for them. And I appreciate the deal they made with me. And, and you know, I think, honestly, I think that there's going to be more more to come from that.
1: Yeah, that, just having an over-the-top presence for a... Uh, it's, it's, it's beyond super regional. This is more of like, a, uh, like, like an occult following that you have simply because the shows are irregular, but it's, it's going to work for you. And having that production mindset that you had and, and the way that you promote, it's going to actually help in this type of society more so, or, or this type of environment, rather, more than any other, that you have a bingeable product that you can do 10 episodes on and, and not be burned out and still have people that are ready to, to shoot a possible season
3: two when that time rolls around. Yeah, you know, I think, man, people... <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, you, you bench watch that product And, you know, you're going down this wrestling hall and you're like, oh, this is cool Then you come across the South Fork episode You're like, what is this?
0: <laughs> then you go back to regular
3: wrestling Then you show up on the Wizard of Oz Like, what? What?
0: You know, nine you know, hours like,
1: later You're still, you know, trying to figure out characters And, you, and you've gotten invested into certain storylines
3: yeah you know like i just watched this crazy weird wrestling wizard of oz and jake the snake was the wizard psycho sid is the roller of world class like what is this yeah you know but i just think that man you know like you should never limit yourself creatively or creatively no matter what you're doing
4: you,
3: know? you got to believe in yourself and your product and if you don't then nobody else will. jewel dropped right there A window yo snow you there didn't want to interrupt the boss you know he
0: had a good thing going
1: there so <laughs> he's gonna stick around and actually do the show with us but I, I did ask you a question too though you um you had some history with roh man you've done some production for them you've been on the road with them like so what what is what is what are your feelings on uh the supposed quote unquote final battle that's coming up next month
0: um, like, i told you that i didn't see this whole thing coming for a while i'd be lying Hmm. um because i was there when i started working with ring of honor it was right after the young bucks and the bullet club started their whole big ring of honor invasion, you know and they were one of the reasons i started working there i met nick and matt when they were wrestling for juggalo championship wrestling at the gathering Uh... of the juggalos um years ago that's where i first met the bucks and we've been cool since then so when they came over to ring of honor I hit them up and they put me in touch with a guy named Gary Juster, who to this day is still a really good friend. Um, And this guy, man, he's he's arguably one of the most influential executives in the history of wrestling, Mm. but he doesn't act like it. He, Tony, he, remind, Tony, he
3: for me. the people that don't know. A lot of people won't know that name. Give a little I'm bit tell of a where came where he
0: came from. Yeah, he was he yeah. worked for everyone. He worked for WCW, he worked for Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner. He worked for WWF, he worked for Vince McMahon, he worked for Territories. This guy was a producer. He's actually one of the guys that was was the head of the whole all-in thing. When uh, they decided to do their own pay-per-view, they got Gary Jester on board to help organize it. And so I got to know him and he brought me on, um, you know, he found out early on about my autism diagnosis and and had kind of a heart for that. So he put me in good positions and I got to do loops with everyone. And it was, dude, it was such a fun place to work at until the elite left. Um, <laughs> when they left, it, it kind of, it kind of put a sour taste in everyone's mouth that stayed behind, honestly, because, mm. you know, they'd been around for a while. They The shows were selling out with them on board. They did All In. They got Ring of Honor to help with All In. if you watch All In, you'll even notice the, t- the turnbuckles are Ring of Honor turnbuckles. Like, it was a Ring of Honor production. Ring of Honor still even owns the rights to the show. It's in their tape library that's for sale. Right. Um, so people kind of got the feeling like, oh, okay, well... You know these guys are taking their ball and leaving so you know after they left they tried to restructure they tried to put new factions get new people in place and it really kind of flopped you had the foundation which they had john gresham and rhett titus and a few other people who had been there for a while going against the new blood people that came in it was kind of almost like they were rehashing the whole wcw storyline after the invasion that didn't work. They did some shuffling around with their executives. They uh, relieved Delirious of his booking duties. Um, a guy that no one was really ever a fan of. He was the office manager there for the longest time. Became the basically the CEO of the company. And not really big into wrestling history. Not really. Um, like Jay Lethal broke his arm in a show a couple years ago, and. And this guy didn't have any EMTs at the show, no one to do urgent care. He basically just threw Jay Lethal in a taxi and sent him to the hospital. Um, yeah, and so um, they brought in Joey Mercury to start doing the booking since Delirious was gone. And Joey lasted maybe two months. He couldn't get along with Greg either. Um, so then they then they decided, oh, we're gonna bring in Marty Scurll. He's gonna be the head of our booking. He'll be the liaison between us and New Japan. This will be great. Can and you this, say
3: his name publicly?
0: Is that okay? I? Uh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I might get canceled. I might get canceled. Oh, <laughs> oh, easy. Um, so then he then then the speaking I'm gonna out. I'm going to call you happened. Tony Dreamer. I know. Oh, yikes! Mm. The, 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 the speaking out thing happened. I'm not. And gonna I love Tommy Dreamer people. just for the yeah. record. I love him. Um, so. The speaking out thing happens, and Marty gets removed, um, and so and then COVID's in full swing, and they're having to perform in front of small audiences and stuff. And I've told people this for years. Sinclair Media, who was who's been, you know, they've been um, budgeting or I guess they've been funding Ring of Honor since after the Access TV days, I guess, when Jim Cornette left and they left Access TV, and Sinclair brought him on. Sinclair has so much more money than Vince McMahon does. Uh, exactly. There were so Absolutely. much more than him, but they didn't put the emphasis on pro wrestling.
3: Uh, it was they did another. not do Ring of Honor one favor. They, they hindered them. They used Uh, Ring of Honor as a capital loss. And
0: that's what Ring
2: of
1: Honor was. What I didn't understand about that whole situation is that you are a broadcasting conglomerate that's in over, what, over 150 markets. Actually now, no, 200 with the post merger with Tribune. It was over 200 markets. And you could not even capitalize on a market share that territory syndication had in the 80s.
0: How is that possible? of the you things know, that I always listen. told them, I was able to gauge Ring of Honor's viability by asking wrestling fans, hey, where do you watch Ring of Honor at? You know, what time, of, what day does it come on where you're at? What time? And none of them knew. Like, oh, I, We usually just go online and stream it. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah you, you know, I think you have to be careful, too. It's, it's tough this day and age, and we kind of made a similar mistake whenever we first started doing TV. You know, I think you had to, didn't you have to be an honor member, honor club or something like that to watch the show? Yeah, Like you still have to have accessible product on free media. And, you know, and and like in my area, I can't, I can't even watch Ring of Honor if I wanted to, you know, because we just don't get that channel. And I remember uh, the first time I watched Ring of Honor, uh, at the end of of it, I was like, what in the hell did I just watch? It was like, (gasps) it was like an hour of, of just wrestling. There was no entertainment <laughs> it was weird and i was dumbfounded right and, and i think really i think that's tony touched on it he's exactly right i think whenever the bucks and uh cody left i think they brought entertainment to that show which took it to a different level i don't think and like I said i could be wrong i don't think a company can survive off wrestling without the entertainment aspect if you wanted to watch wrestling without entertainment You would watch UFC. Simple. Yeah, I mean, and even even for a little while
1: there, you had the entertainment, uh, the entertainment factor there with uh, people like John Jones and and Daniel Cormier, and uh, look at their biggest fighters; they're all characters. Yeah. Uh, uh, What's what's your boy, the Irishman? Uh, Proper McGregor. McGregor. Yeah,
2: perfect. UFC two sixty eight is Saturday, and there's another character that's in the main (laughs) (laughs) event. Like even Kabib combined
1: whenever he comes back, he's a character. He he pl- tries to play himself down, but there's a reason why he was in a ring with Connor, like when I got with Connor. Like this, it, it, you don't just put Ham and Eggers in there with superstars and, they, and on a pay per view, not, not Ham, Ham and Egger, man, <laughs> RP to Bobby Heenan. <laughs> um,
0: but but like I really hope that honestly, this whole restructuring of them, I've looked at it in two different ways because. I, I met a ton of friends at Ring of Honor, people that I still talk to on a daily basis, people I talk to on a weekly basis, and there's people that I wanted to to, to get down to Texas to work with and promotions that I work with down here, but have been exclusive. You know, guys like Flip Gordon, one of my best friends in the world, man, oh, and now man. he's available. I want to get Flip Gordon down here. You know, there's all sorts of people, Vinny Vincent, uh, yeah. Matt Taven. I want to get Matt Taven down here. There's so man, many-
3: I loved flip gordon we had flip gordon a couple years ago Dude,
0: my first ever show of yours i ever went to my first ever iwr show was back then and i saw flip gordon fuego and chandler hopkins in a triple threat and that match was amazing boss it was amazing so much talent in that match and you know
3: like i've wanted the briscoes for so long i sent them a message i don't know if they got it and i was like look come to texas I own world class pro wrestling. I want to put you guys in there with the Von Ericks, and I want to see this match. Period.
0: Man, that's, <laughs> that is a, that's a dream match on so many levels. That is man. a dream match for sure. And the Von Ericks. oh my gosh.
3: That, that I mean, is have, straight Have the money.
0: Wrestled, Have they wrestled for anyone else other than New Japan and Ring of Honor?
3: Not that I know of. You could be the first. I mean, you guys man. would that's- probably know more than me, but not that I know of. That'd be huge, man. That would be huge. And so, oh my, you know, I've always um, wanted Jay Lethal, too. and never been able to get him since he went to so I,
0: I hope that these guys are going to be able to get work other places. I've heard from the inside that what they're talking about is when they come back in April. Everyone in the company is set on when we come back, when we come back, not if we come back. And they're bringing the talent back on a show-by-show compensation package. There's not gonna be any more long-term contracts. It's gonna be like PWG does. If they wanna book you, you get booked for a show. And the only thing I'm worried about with that is long-term booking. because It's hard to book legitimate match storylines that make sense for like a month and a half, two month long championship book storyline when you're not sure if someone's gonna be there, you
3: know? You know, I had a guy that watched our product and I mean, he's an industry professional from the '80s, and uh, you know, he was real quick to point out, like, you know, like I could help you in a lot of ways. One of them being creative, because you don't you you don't have storylines. And I was like, boy, aren't you the genius of the day? <laughs> Whenever you're running spot shows, like Tony just said it is really hard to have storylines because you don't know who's gonna be with you here and there and you can't really, you can't draw out a six month storyline because they could get signed, they could go somewhere else, yada, yada, yada. So they're thinking, boy, you really are a smart one, aren't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean, like I said, I, uh, I hope that they come back. Uh, I hope that they come back better than they were before. I, I just, like, like Boss said, I think they need to focus on the entertaining part. They need to get Delirious back in doing booking because he's really good. At booking entertaining matches um and they need to go with what brought them to the dance i mean that's 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 how they're gonna get back to where they were but in the meantime you know i wish nothing but the best for them all man i really do no doubt Speaking uh, of gonna wish for the best Likewise, shout out too. to my boy ring of honor superstar dan housing um oh,
3: oh i <laughs> love man. that dude too i love double that dude leg break what over a talented beacon, dude. man dude. so so Wait, a double a leg break soon.
0: Yeah, it broke his wow. tibia
3: and fibula. He was oh he was a, shit. He was in. Damn, I didn't hear what happened to him. That's he awful. was in
0: the he was in the corner. Him and Warhorse were tagging against a couple of guys, and he was about to take a coast to coast from the guy. And this guy on the other team did the coast to coast and landed directly on Danhausen's leg. Oh, that's so painful. His tibia and fibula. Oh, so he's gonna be out holy. for a while. They're I putting had to crawl a rod in, there in and
3: slap that dude in the face.
0: Dude, they're putting a, they're, they're putting a rod in tomorrow. They got to put a rod in his leg, man. And so Wow.
3: That's yeah. awful, man. What a talented dude.
0: What man, talented. We, we had a
1: on our last episode 138, we actually had a full uh, ROH contraction draft in which we said that Denhausen would be perfect over at Impact, especially with the new digital media championship that they have created. He would be a shoe-in for that title and actually give it some notoriety. Is Impact still a company? Yes. Owned by uh, Anthem Media. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so there are still paychecks being being thrown mm-hmm. around there. They actually have
0: a TV got, Jordy Grace, Grace is their inaugural it. internet, champion. Yeah, yeah, their I internet <laughs> champion. I saw
3: it. I know they're still around. That was, <laughs> that was a subtle dig at <laughs> Impact.
2: You you I felt like
3: it. I was feeling a little honored.
1: got to
2: be able to. Well, i be able to get House and those checks for that rocket car.
1: Well, the funny thing that you asked that question um, as I'm you know, sitting here getting text from Suave and alerts on my on my browser. Let's let's dig into these topics real quick. WWE is actually issuing a, a round of re- releases. And last night it was announced that senior vice president of creative services. Now, did they did they even have one of them? I digress. Stan Stansky. In title only. <laughs> Facts. Stan Stansky has been released from his contract with after 15 years with the company.
2: That sounds uh, a, like a made up name.
1: As a right. Like you couldn't do any better than get a nickname that has part of your last name in it? Come on, man. So, you know, so sign he was no the what? Saying.
3: He was the director of what?
1: He, he was the senior <laughs> VP of creative services.
3: In other words, he ain't do shit. No, no. <laughs> I was thinking, like, what position is that? You know, It's I like cre- my boys, the Miami Hurricanes this week. They got an NCAA infraction, you know, because NCAA loves to hate the Hurricanes for whatever reason. <laughs> Facts. They got a They got an infraction this week for too many communication devices. I was like, boy, like, are you like could y'all, could y'all like come up with anything <laughs> crazier who in the who has ever been reprimanded for that violation what did they Nobody. do have like too many cell phones on the sideline like what in the world man
2: yeah somebody didn't get their their uh quarterly bonus or something to, that's like, like uh, and i'm a hurricane sp- fan like you are like, like who sponsored the headsets yeah, yes, like come on <laughs>
3: <man>. <laughs> that's insane
1: oh, It's just man. like
3: like pettiness man pettiness you know like That's insane. You know, it's sad to see or sad to hear about WWE releasing more people. But I think WWE is starting to wake up. I think that they're realizing that, you know, and I think a lot of it, uh, I was actually having that conversation this morning with someone. I think that a lot of it is, uh, you know, WWE strayed from their product. ROH, whenever they really start blowing up, you see so many ROH elements now in WWE and AEW. And I think that also hurt ROH on the back end because, you know, that was their niche once upon a time. Well, then you have WWE, now AEW, adopting that same mentality, but mixing entertainment in with it, which Ring of Honor did not do that great of a job of. And right. so it kind of made their niche product not so much niche. Man, um, it, it,
1: it, have you heard any, any other news as far as any other releases so far, Swab, or no?
2: No, that's all I saw. They're like they had unconfirmed names but they were there might be a small number of uh potential releases coming today or before the end of the week
3: they barely my boys hit row alone i know that
0: who's that Look, they just got
3: they better leave hit row alone
0: dude i am so tired though if you gotta release people that's fine people get fired every day but given it <laughs> like a legitimate reason don't be sitting there having after having like two of the most prosperous, profit-friendly years ever for your company. And then say you're cutting people because of budget cuts. But you know, you know I, mean? I
3: mean, that's one reason why they are so profitable is because they're trimming a lot of the people that they're not really using or they don't have anything for. And in a sense, it sucks. But I think on the flip side of that, it's a good thing because maybe they can get picked up by Impact. Uh, I almost said Ring of Honor. Impact AEW New Japan somebody that might use them properly. I, I think. But I think in a sense, I think it's a good thing. I think the company that benefits
1: the most from uh, these contractors are, are going to be like like well actually not going to be but will be MLW um, with them getting the uh, the presence on Vice uh, they they, have, they actually have the ability to actually sign more talent as long as they that. The contract that they have benefits them financially as a company. They have the ability to sign more first-game talent and also sell more advertising to get that money back uh, on the back end. When
3: does it even come on? I'm
1: still trying to figure that out. So, 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 they listen so,
0: to people too.
1: So we, so we talked about that um, when they first got the deal. I haven't personally seen it because my work schedule is crazy, but it's a historic time for professional wrestling across the country. 12 noon
3: Eastern time on Saturdays. Yeah, you know, like I had my DVR set up to record that and it wasn't recording anything. So I don't really, huh? You know, and then they popped up on like Thursdays here and there. So I'm perplexed. You that, know, it's almost like like Tony brought up about Ring of Honor. A lot of people didn't even know when that show was coming on, and it was thanks. different times and different places. Like it's I hard was to one of those establish people. a presence <laughs> whenever you don't know when to watch it. I know? mean, at one point here in
1: Dallas, it was on uh, three times per week on three different channels, and one of one of them was on cable. <laughs> We're the
3: floating hotel? We're the floating so yeah, hotel. I mean, so when you're in that whenever you're, you're in that situation, like you need to be really clear and precise to the. Fans watching the show as when they can watch it because you know, like I, I don't think MLW is a bad product, but you know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fans of their organization, but I don't think their product's
0: bad. Hey, but they've got, I they've have no got someone to watch it. They've got world class superstar Joseph Fatu, so hey, can't be that.
3: <laughs> Jacob is my boy. <laughs> or Jacob
0: Fatu, sorry, Joseph Semaiel is what I was thinking of. And <laughs> the- Jacob's
3: <laughs> my boy, man. We've known each other for about five years.
0: Dude, I love that guy, man. I've had nothing but good experiences with him. And he's hilarious. and He's incredible in
3: the ring. You know, seeing him in October was the first time I'd seen him in five years. And, uh, you know, back then, I knew he was a good dude. One night, he thought he was saving my life. Uh, We we had done this show for Rikishi's Territory League. And afterwards... like he's like, hey, man, come down here and let's have some shots of fireball. I was like, I don't really do that, man. <laughs> like, oh, just, just come on. So we, I don't even know how many shots we have. So then after that, we're sitting around drinking a bunch of Coors Light, which I don't like Coors Light either. So, <laughs> But I mean, I'll drink beer, but I don't like that shit. And so we're sitting there having all these drinks. Well, back then I had this thing like, I just know when it's time to go to sleep. I just know. And when it's time for me to go to sleep, I'm going to go to sleep. So we're in this hotel room having this party. And I guess I decide I'm going to go to sleep in the bathroom. So I go to sleep in the bathroom and the door was locked. Well, you know, I mean, just based off what happens with wrestlers not responding. I mean, he had a good reason. I guess he thought something was wrong with me and he was fixing to kick the door in (laughs) to save my life. And uh, one of my buddies that was with us, he was like, no, 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 don't do this. Like, like he just does that. He gets tired and he goes to sleep. And thank God he just <laughs> the door in, so we didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> but he had great intentions. He was top. That's,
2: but did, that's did, a even, solid even, stand-up dude, but that's hilarious. <laughs> I
0: mean, even MLW, even MLW is releasing people. Man, every company is releasing people. Hand over fist right now. I
3: mean, it, you know, I mean, the bottom line is, you you know, you got to be smart about who you're carrying because. I think the pandemic has shown good and bad that you don't know what, what your profit you may be profiting right now but you don't know what's going to happen in the future there's so much crazy stuff going on that you have to be smart and you know when WWE hired that Nick Khan dude, he's notorious for uh, making companies more profitable and, you know he just trimmed a lot of a lot of fat from the company and, you, and then you got smaller companies like MLW and maybe they don't have that money to keep shilling out to people and plus with a lot of new people on the, a lot of new people on the market Maybe they got rid of people so they could go after some of them. Who
0: knows? Well, I mean, and plus they're getting rid of, remember a couple years ago when AEW started, a bunch of talents contracts were coming up and WWE was handing out ridiculous money to some people. Facts. So they wouldn't get signed by AEW. And now some of those same people are getting released.
3: (laughs) Yep. Because, you know, at this point, I don't think Vince cares.
1: (laughs) More more so keep them away from... Everybody else, so that way the attention doesn't go to them. But that 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 bubble is bursting here really soon. Uh, speaking of, we were talking about earlier contracts expiring next week or next next week, <laughs> next optimistically speaking, next month. Kyle O'Reilly's contract is rumored to expire. Roddy Strong, we waiting on you, fam. What yeah. where does he go? Does he do we see him
0: on on A-W. Wednesday nights? AEW yeah. man, yeah. A-W best, A-W friends out best friends without a yeah. goal, best friends
3: without a goal, bro. AEW straight up.
0: Yeah, I mean, another, I, guy, another guy I met in Ring of Honor And he and Ky- Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole Were inseparable They went everywhere together They were like attached at the hip So Adam Cole's in AEW Kyle O'Reilly's going to AEW
3: man. I think 100% fours. without a doubt What was that suave?
2: The AEW's gonna have Three-fourths of the Undisputed Era Before New Year's Yep. So, so I agree. So
1: every, I think everybody wants to, that finally does happen because uh, uh, he should have a thirty day no compete versus the ninety because he's on NXT's roster. It's only a matter of time before we find out when Roddy's contract expires and if he's going to return. You know, th- to go back with his uh, with his cohorts because that was the best faction in uh, in uh, NXT history right there. But at the same, at the
0: same thing Hands though, down. you got to You got just Just because all four of them are there doesn't mean they're going to work because apparently. There's a little heat between Bobby Fish and Adam Cole still. They haven't really spoken since Adam showed or since Bobby showed up, and Bobby even mentioned it. He's like, "Yeah, we didn't really leave on good terms in NXT." So I mean, let's address the elephant
1: in the room. CM Punk showed up, and Cole Cabana has been a mainstay over there. No one has addressed that issue yet. So that's only a matter of time before that's a pay per view match.
0: Dude, I'm sure I'm sure that Tony Khan sat both of them down in the same room. And so right, get guys. along.
3: Hold on, you guys are ahead of me. They're still not getting along.
0: Well, no, they just they had that big uh their big lawsuit pissed yeah. last year.
3: Man, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I've had my my issues with talent, and whatnot. And, yeah. you know, so I mean there's people that don't like me like any other promoter, but at the end of the day you can choose to remember the good times you shared with those people or you can choose to hold this grudge and and remember all the bullshit and, thank you, you know, I, I think you have to get to that point where you're not that kind of person man i mean cuz Stressing yourself, being angry, holding grudges—this shit don't do no good. It progresses you zero. On, on, it ages
1: on,
0: you. It on, ages you. The, ages, on the flip side,
3: on
1: the flip side, I like—I'd rather ride with you than just say fuck you. Because truth be told, like I'm not going to sit there and hold a grudge. I just won't have anything to do to do with you. It's easier for me to forget you than to have
3: to deal with the things of your past. Straight up, straight up. <laughs> Cut off game I mean, it's it's just the truth, man. And and, you know, wrestling, music, whatever, I mean, there's gonna be a high level of bullshit. One thing is it's, you know, it is a business, but on the flip side, it gets personal so many times because if you're in entertainment, most likely you love it.
2: Right.
3: If you work at Walmart, it's a job, so it's not near as personal. It's just a job, not even Walmart, but any just regular ass job, you know, it's just a job. Right. But whenever you're in something that you love, then you're dealing with multiple levels of emotions. And you know, I mean, it's definitely tougher to navigate, but at the end of the day, man, you know, like it ain't my job to pass judgment on people. God will do that one day. He can have that responsibility. And in the meantime, you know, I'm just going to keep my eyes on the prize and, and worry about my actions and holding myself
0: like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that analogy you made because if you walk up to a wrestler and you're like, man, I, I, I didn't really feel that spot you did in the match there, man, it was kind of wonky. He's probably going to get upset. Whereas <laughs> if you walk up to a dude at Walmart and be like, man, you did a great job scanning my groceries, but the last two or three kind of fumbled, dude, he's going to look at you like.
3: <laughs> yeah, like you do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're
2: spending, <laughs> you're spending <laughs> way it's too my much 40 hours, to hours a week in my here. You deals. do that.
3: <laughs> but oh. it's a, I mean, it's for real. You know, that's real. That's a big difference. But. You know, especially those guys—they've been on a high level. I can't even imagine all the amazing things they shared together. Like, the shit is petty. Let it go.
1: I mean, they had one—one one at the time was the most listened to podcast of any podcast during that time frame, wrestling or otherwise. It was the most listened to uh, back in. Uh, well, it was it was Cole Cabana's podcast right after so and Punk wrestling. left. Yeah, Art. Thank you. Uh, the Thanksgiving episode I want to say was 2014. Um, Still a good listen to this day, but at the same time like you you can't have that kind of camaraderie and not be genuine friends and then you can't go and let that much time pass by and, and still not feel some kind of way uh, that you that you don't miss your friend. You know what I'm saying? Like Dude, it, who
0: remembers the Second City Saints? Come on. That was incredible. And then for a long time before they were in Ring of Honor, Colt and CM Punk traveled around the country doing the same match. Everyone wanted to see it. Everyone wanted to see Colt versus CM Punk. Dude, I need to get... I was just talking to someone the other day because I work Sunday through Wednesday at Choctaw. Now I work overnights. And whenever they, I told people I work in pro wrestling, they're like, man, someone needs to bring pro wrestling here to Choctaw, man. Bro, people I told look. you that. Bro. Yeah, people have <laughs> been saying that, though, bro. Like, since I started there, they're like, man, we need wrestling here, man.
3: Yeah. Man, got- they don't want to touch wrestling at Choctaw. Them dudes, i talked to them dudes. They they, they ain't about it. Have you talked about... <laughs>
2: Shout out to, no to No
3: Limit. Shout out to No Limit. I didn't even think about it. Right. Have, 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 yeah. y'all, have y'all talked to Winstar at all? Oh, they laughed me out of the room five really? years Really?
4: That lady didn't understand
3: uh, no. wrestling at all. Had no clue what wrestling was. She's like, oh, that, isn't that fake? I sitting there thinking, yeah, you come try and we'll see how fake <laughs> <I'll
0: play laughs> yeah. And yeah, all your probably. makeup you got on fake?
3: Yeah, I would you try to ride right. a
2: fake gravity.
3: There, there's hardly, <laughs> there's very few things in wrestling that make me as mad as the, isn't that fake? Man.
0: Dude, I'll tell you what Whenever yeah, There's I'm, a lot of things I'm... in
3: life that are fake You want to talk when about I'm... fake Let's talk about fake I think right now 276 things in life that are fake You want me to go in alphabetical <laughs> order Or you want me to go in order of importance
0: Get <laughs> <on. laughs> them I'm both sir. <laughs> Get them both no, <laughs> sir. I, I started Dude I started dating this girl a couple months ago And she was over at the pad and I was showing her some wrestling stuff, and she goes, "Oh
3: shit, hold on, hold on."
0: Isn't that fake? Shit.
3: Hold on, hold on. I just had this premonition. It didn't work out because of wrestling,
0: bro. She goes, she goes "Isn't this fake?" So I, I sat her down. Please, and I made her, I made her watch. I made her watch a, a film with one of our good buddies, Andrew Anderson. I made her watch the wrestler with me. Um, and she hasn't been back. <laughs>
3: Shout out to Andrew. Wait, she said I'm sat sure it wasn't his acting that made her not come back.
0: Yeah, she said to the movie and then was like, okay, I guess I'll see you later.
3: All right, I get your point, man. Oh, all right. Uh, thanks for coming. I'll see you later. And then you exactly. Literally, yeah. There was no seeing her later. I didn't even
0: get I didn't even get the thanks for coming part, if you know what I'm talking
3: about.
0: Wow. <laughs> You didn't get like that pat
3: on the ass Like good game Tony That's <laughs> a <lot> of, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of story, it's a it lot of storyline
2: investment for no a, payoff
0: you get, a, you get a participation ribbon <laughs> Oh
3: man it, it, well, Shit, speak, everybody, speak, everybody gets the participation ribbon these days It ain't special anymore
0: <laughs>
1: Exactly Speaking of uh, unnecessary pats on the ass uh, WWE release talent <laughs> Lars Sullivan is back in, Back in the news again For uh, stalking
3: <laughs> his former personal trainer Via Instagram what is wrong Man. with this dude? I mean, what does that even mean? Like stalking him on Instagram? Was he one of those dudes that like went through and liked all of her posts like from my five <laughs> years ago? <laughs> yeah, is that, that Instagram stalking oh, like 40 posts. Uh, so, like, so basically, yeah. yeah, yeah so. I got these harassment. I got these pictures right here. I want to follow police report. Uh, he liked my, my post from seven years ago and then all the way up until now. So he went through seven years of posts. And I just need to know, is this harassment? I mean, is is that internet harassment? Well, a- apparently, he was making advances
1: and being inappropriate about those advances, and then he decided to ask for a private photo. Afterwards, she refunded money that she uh, that she was already paid. Uh, she was a yoga instructor and also <laughs> his personal trainer. And Then she refunded the money or, or whatever, and then uh, decided that she wanted to speak up uh, about it. Now, my well, I mean. You- Can't you block Can't you just block him Well that happened too I'm sure And according to this article it it was Uh, She did block him But here's what's crazy This is the same person Who had a uh, history of being um, Alt-right racist on a BBS While also being a Gay porn star prior to joining WWE And then had an anxiety attack on his first week on Smackdown And never showed
3: up on mainstream Television well i mean in my opinion you can get fired real quick for being racist i i i didn't even i tune out for the rest of that i like, mean there ain't no room for that i've never understood that shit in the first place why in the world would you think that your skin color makes you better or worse than somebody like i'll never understand it never, ever ever ever
1: <laughs> like when you like it's just it's just the uh ask
0: the- anderson <laughs> <laughs>
2: I only don't fuck with nobody from what
0: I've always <laughs> he's just, heard. He's great. just a grumpy
1: old man. I saw a picture of him uh, at his 74th birthday. He's racist birthday. against
2: everybody, including himself. No, he's right, just like, it's a universal fuck you. I saw a picture of know, him. You know, it was like the Dave Chappelle
3: shit. Like, man, how can you get mad at Dave for anything? Because he, he makes jokes about everybody, everybody. of yeah. every race, of every situation. Like, it's obviously not personal.
0: <laughs> Anyone that gets offended by Dave Chappelle specials have obviously never watched the Chappelle show. Because the Chappelle show is about a million times more than offensive. The
3: specials. Way more offensive. I mean, you know, like the the uh, blind racist dude. Way yeah,
0: more. Bl- yeah, the black white supremacist. The black white Clayton Clayton Bigsby.
1: Yo, there.
2: Yeah yeah, 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 okay. okay.
1: <laughs> we I said,
2: thought
3: everybody just took a weird break.
1: I
2: no, know. no, no, no. We were no, saying that's where you, you pause for station identification. <laughs> like uh, I
0: thought, I thought, uh, I thought, I thought, I thought when I said the black white supremacists, I thought I heard you Freight in the background say pause. Oh. oh no, no. We, Suave and
1: I both said Clayton
3: Bixby. That was his name.
0: Clayton oh, Bixby. Bixby, man, Bixby. I
3: could not think of his name. You know, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that was probably one of my favorite skits on that show. There were so many, but I I loved (laughs) it.
2: Oh, no, that's definitely top five.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I I really thought when he got that Netflix contract, he might bring the show back in general since, you know, that, that Netflix made him make or got Comedy Central to make up with him. I thought maybe he would get the rights and... And produce the show again, but you know if he can't even get away with these specials, there ain't no way he's getting away with that show.
2: Well, he won't, well, he, he won't well, do that show, but, while, he, but he, he got, will
3: do a show. I think.
2: Yeah, it, it took a while. He got the rights back finally from Comedy Central, and it was discussed that he was going to take it to Netflix. It's just this particular backlash from the special might have kind of thrown a uh, a roadblock into that. From, when, from which know, props from which to special, Netflix though? for
3: standing by, man. Props to Netflix for standing uh, by. Oh, because they, you know, so many, so many corporations, they would have went running over that. They'd have canned him, canceled him, whatever, went running, and we'd have never heard from Dave again in that aspect.
1: They actually, but, uh, they did more than uh, they did more than stand by him. The president of uh, Netflix actually stood up and said that this isn't the last we see him. Dave said this is going to be the last you see for a while, and the, the, the CEO doubled down and said, nah, we'll see him back here sooner than you think."
3: so i mean bottom line man i don't ever know i don't know what happened to if you don't like something don't watch it don't watch it if you don't don't want to listen to it then don't listen to it like this whole cancel culture bullshit, and like the whole you know like you know there was a lot of valid arguments and the people that were speaking out and i'm not knocking it i think some of those people definitely needed to be outed the media is so bad at this point you can't trust anything they say they're gonna take snippets of whatever makes a bad story because how often do you see the news anymore promote good things that are happening it's always something bad because that's what gets people to watch it they figured this formula out and now that's all they report is everything that's bad
0: <laughs> yeah why, why do you think there's always these huge uh, backups on highways when there's a car wreck because everyone wants to slow down and look at it there's don't that.
2: remind me I absolutely hate Getting stuck in that situation <laughs>
0: Like Bro if you don't hit The gas
2: <laughs> They're changing A flat fam This is This is roadside service No one No one perished Keep moving
1: Oh man oh. Yo A couple A uh, couple cool things Happening this week uh, Bray Wyatt A.K.A. One of is uh No complete clause Expired earlier this week I say we we see him on uh, AEW
2: programming in the next 10 to 15 days. Suave, so what say you? I mean, why not? Like that's, <laughs> that's the place with the largest checkbook to drop the biggest bag in his lap. Why would you do anything else?
3: Uh... Yep. Well, this is probably a good time to announce he's going to be a
2: Christmas Star Wars nerd. Hey! <laughs> psych. <laughs> Dude, yeah, now, see, that would have been the greatest alley-oop see, in that's the history what I told of y'all podcasting.
3: Everybody's always wanting more. <laughs> always wanting more. <laughs> see. And I know y'all ain't got y'all's video on but I know y'all were getting excited see. Yeah, that that's
1: that's how pops work. That's how advertising <laughs> that's works. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> oh shit. Uh Hills good
3: good
1: Heels was rev- uh, was uh, renewed for season 2 after the way the first one ended they better had otherwise they would just would have had a shit show in their hands literally. Um what can we expect for season 2? Did, what did you guys think of the show honestly? I, I liked it. You know. You know. You know what I hearkened it to, uh, the, uh, the the what was it, the uh, Florida Dystopia, or FWD? Mm-hmm. That's WWE, and uh, DWL is Impact, and they're going head up against each other. And, and like beginning of the season, you wouldn't have thought that. But it just looks like, you know, you got this the smaller dog and this bigger dog and the bigger dogs trying to poach the smaller dogs talent because they can get them, uh, more not- more notoriety. Um, but at the same time, they're they're on the radar. And that's basically what it is I, for the, the stories that were being told. I really appreciate it. Like, I like that. Um, I think it's too much of a peek behind the curtain, so to speak. But having people like James Harrison as a professional wrestler is pretty damn hilarious. Loved it. (laughs) Loved it. But you know what?
3: Like you touched on the one thing that that's my only complaint about the show was they went too deep behind certain things that people did not need to see. You know, it's like earlier whenever I talked about us going out and doing something similar to that. Uh, You know, I, I just don't think you have to see them practicing moves on each other. I I, don't, I think there's certain parts of kayfabe that don't have to be broken to, p- to put out a show like that. Booking but overall, the finish. I, I mean, I thought it was good. I, I liked the cast and the James Harrison shit was super cool. Yeah, the, super the, cool.
1: the booking the finish aspect ad nauseum, like we saw that probably, what, five or six times and it was literally the, the vein of the entire existence of the first season. We didn't have to know about how, like how finishes were booked in that type of environment.
3: No, you don't. You don't have to know. And, you know, whenever kayfabe was exposed you know whenever Vince started having started going more towards entertainment to get out of certain things uh you know like athletic commissions and things like that you know it was already exposed you don't have to throw it in people's faces because at the end of the day you still need them to buy in and believe in what you're producing the suspension and if, you're, and if you're giving them all these leeways to not believe it then why in the fuck would they believe it Batman. man I love this did we just
0: become best friends like that was something to say that's my biggest grab with it too like I'm kind of an old school at heart like I love the fact that they're bringing this business that I absolutely am obsessed with to a war- worldwide audience but like not everyone needs to look behind the curtain and see the wizard you know like not everyone should get access to all that man
3: It's. I mean that's just the truth and, and you know I thought they did a brilliant job with the casting I loved the characters I thought, you know, the small town thing was very well done. I mean, there were so many things that they nailed. Right. It's just certain things that, and I think it's really only people in the industry are gonna be like, oh, why'd they do that, you know? I mean, and, I- But I think it was definitely a good test first season. I'm excited to see where they go with it. I hope as they go into the second season, I hope that it's more, uh, more open and not so closed as far as their thought process on things. I grew up in
1: okay. a territory capital town, and you know in Tulsa, and, and you know you, the things I've seen in like in the '80s, just with the, the talent, just not not from there, but being there, you know, for extended periods of time, you just see people on the streets, and you you know you kind of see certain things, like as far as like them uh, driving in the caravan, or um, you know you they may pop up at the at the state fair. Like, I don't know if you guys remember or have seen any footage of Power Pro Wrestling from the 80s, but it's basically, um, it was Mid-South's program that was akin to All-American Wrestling, but the the key was it was the yellow or orange ring. That orange ring was at the Tulsa Fairgrounds. The only time you saw that orange ring ever be used was at the Tulsa uh, Tulsa Fairgrounds. And uh, just the whole, like, everything culminates at the fair. That's when, um, for Mid-South, bill watts uh got 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 over on the russians and and hot stuff eddie gilbert with hot stuff incorporated got rid of them turned sting face got rid of rock hot stuff like hot stuff eddie yeah all all, all that happened wow. at the state fair in one night so like you know the state fair being the culmination of all things storyline
3: that it, it, it. yeah absolutely loved it
1: uh, it gave you that
3: old school feel so too and a lot of things in there did give that vibe it was just these certain things. It's like, all right, so this is progressing, it's moving, it's fluid. And then, bam, let's shoot ourselves in the foot on some shit that don't matter. The whole suicide thing, I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. But, oh, man. Oh, that, I, I but, wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for There it. was a lot of feedback, but a lot of negative feedback over that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you guys could have got the point across without showing it. Yeah, that, that, that was way too much. What were you saying, Suave?
2: So, nah. in the vein of uh, going too deep as far as with the the looks into the industry, have e- have either of you gotten a chance to see uh, Rose to the Top? And I'm interested to kind of know what you think about that show as far as how deep behind the curtain they go.
3: You know, I got a good story for you. I booked Brandy once upon a time in Wichita. And, uh, you know, oftentimes, whenever we're producing TV and stuff, I don't have a lot of time to waste. And uh, I did a private signing with Brandy. So... We're in this private signing and I'm trying to get everybody's money situated for the show and stuff like that. And I can't figure out where I made this accounting mistake. I can't figure out, I keep going over this money. I cannot figure it out. And uh, after the show, like she, she called me and she's like, Jerry, she goes, you accidentally overpaid me a thousand dollars. And she's like, can you meet me in the lobby so I can get it back? And, and you know, like I'll forever put that story over because how many people in the industry would not have done it? Man. Even if it were
1: $10, it would just seem like a tip, and no one would even would even beg to, to talk to you about the difference.
3: Right, you think it was a love offering. <laughs> 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 like, good game, kid. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: But Pre- you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that speaks volumes about who she is as a person. I haven't really watched the show. I saw like a few minutes of it. What do you guys think about it? I, I think
1: a lot of the flack that Cody is getting is because he's doing too much to show that he's all things to all people with AEW in this show. And I, that... Uh, they need to dial some of that back some but if, even before I don't know if you guys remember when he was on True TV there was a show that had Deontay Wilder and his girl Brandy and Cody uh, when they were in Impact and it was just basically a peek behind the curtain of them their lives as a couple that didn't go too, in too deep into their you know what they did professionally and Rose to the Top is an extension of that but the problem is, like I said, you're, you're seeing all these things that Cody does, and it's almost like Cody's doing this to get sympathy on his situation when he's putting himself in the situation. We don't need to see all that. And I think that's where a lot of the agita from the fans is coming from right now. What you do th- you think, Suave?
2: Um, it's just it's a lot. I mean, I understand his point of view. He's like he doesn't want to wrestle forever. He does have herniated disc in his back, so he's trying to make that oh, play damn. to move into the. Yeah, that's one of the things that gets revealed in the during the course of the show that he's four dealing with herniated disc. Four of them. So. Double damn. I feel like I feel like quadruple damn. Right, I feel like if AEW's audience really knew that that was the the issue, he wouldn't get so much heat or flack for trying to transition out. But because that's not communicated, it just looks like he's chasing the Hollywood carrot because he doesn't love wrestling. Like, no, he's damn near crippled.
3: Man, you know, uh, it's once again, it's so easy for people to pass judgment on people now. You know, like uh, right. I always use Cena as the example. You know, I, I'm not a huge Cena fan of what he does on screen. But, you know, personally, uh, that dude is solid, man. You know, Cena carried the ball longer than anybody ever has. Man. You know, consistently. Hey. Cena holds the record for Make-A-Wish visits. You know, Cena has done numerous acts of kindness for people in the industry and a lot of times that, that gets overlooked just because it's not thrown in your face. And apparently the same thing with Cody on that show. You know, Cody's always been nice and respectful to me. I've never heard otherwise. And, you know, I heard that I guess there's some heat between him and uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny and stuff like that. And But it is easy to pass judgment when you don't know the full story. So it is nice that they revealed that because I'm sure you guys are right. There's a lot of fans that are like, oh, he's leaving for Hollywood. Like, guess what guys like You don't always get the biggest paydays in wrestling. If you can go get a payday in Hollywood, then you should be happy for it.
2: Right. It's it's the same thing like within rap. People feel like if you rap, if you've been on TV, you have this exorbitant amount of money and don't realize that like, no, there's a lot of different masters that get served in order to get paid and certainly in order to get paid to where this is the only thing you do for a living.
3: If you don't know the music industry, Google it. Listeners, (laughs) Listeners, <laughs> Google it and see exactly how music contracts are structured before you assume everybody in music so made a a
2: problem. Problem. Which is made up. Either that, are part go, of the reason hip hop and wrestling are so—they're like kissing cousins at this point.
1: Either that, or go back and watch uh, Wu Tang and American Saga on Hulu. That'll—that'll—that'll that that'll learn Damn, real man. quick.
3: <laughs> I'm only one episode deep in it. I forgot about it. Like oh, it, no, it, no, it was really no. good, man. Oh, I was no. never a huge Wu Tang fan. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I watched every episode of the No Limit Chronicles. Oh no, we
1: <laughs> this we we got twenty episodes for you, man. Get get, yeah, get yeah. locked in and get caught up. We'll talk about it. Quiz in the morning. <laughs> this, <laughs> ser- this series this
2: series will absolutely make you. It'll make you more appreciative of Wu Tang. Like even if you don't become a full fledged fan, like they live the. They live every underground rapper's life the, in that show. From starving
1: artists to a great deal gone, a bad deal gone worse. Like all all of it.
3: All of it. You know, I, I think they definitely, you know, they. I think they did some things way ahead of their time. You know, Fact like right. I remember in college, uh, which was a few years ago, listeners. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> like my you know, I remember they like had like greed. a PlayStation fighting game. A PlayStation fighting game where... And I'm like, what is this shit? They sure so, the know, hell did. Yeah, wow. They did. I and, forgot all you know, about that. Looking back on that, I mean, how many people really made that jump into that, you know, that genre of business back then? They were, they were ahead of the game. Um, yep. Like and you know you people, don't have to like all of Wu Tang's music to respect their craft. I you mean, know, absolutely. it was like I, I watched this documentary on Kiss too. I was never a big Kiss fan, and after watching that documentary, I was like, "Damn! Like they did it! Like they did it!" You know what I mean? Like, so you know, I, I love watching informational stuff like that. So I definitely do
1: need to catch up on it. And for those of you who are idiots, the game is called Shaolin
3: Style. Ah, that's what it was. Yes, 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 yes.
2: Ah, I forgot so all like the, about the precursor. That. It's like the precursor to Def Jam's Fight for NY.
1: No, well, no. So the precursor yeah. for Fight for New yep. York was Vendetta.
3: Yeah, right. there was the Vendetta
2: game. Yeah, you know? Vendetta
1: was first. Then it was Fight for New York.
2: And then make sure to shout out to Shaq Fu for uh, Sega Genesis. Shaq Ooh. Fu. <laughs> you know, I was thinking
3: about Shaq Fu whenever we brought up the or whenever I brought up the video game thing. I was thinking about Shaq Fu.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot of hours logged on Shaq Fu. So, man, whole- you
3: know, I remember Shaq was so larger than life whenever, you know, he came into the league. Like, I loved Shaq. You know, my family, like, we were never poor by any means, but I didn't just get things. I always got things usually after people. You know, like, I didn't get a Nintendo until, like, almost every other kid on the block had a Nintendo, which, you know, I'm glad. I don't, I'm not complaining. But, you know, I remember when Shaq came out with the pumps, man, like, I was one of the first people in school with them shoes, and I was
2: fucking proud of it. <laughs> yeah. I want well. a pair of those now. <laughs> and, and the old alternate Orlando Magic jersey. Not the black with the pinstripes and not the white, but the alternate blue. It's like it's oh. not quite light blue, but yeah, I need that one.
1: Truth be told, I need uh, a pair of black tops, man. Give me a pair of black top pumps, the D Brown edition. I'll be cool with those. You
3: know, I. I think that we definitely grew up in the best of almost everything. This is true. Totally agree. I mean, like, you know, we had Michael Jordan. We had Shaq. We had, you know, Michael Jackson. I mean, just so many (laughs) generational people, man. We had Michael Jackson and,
1: and Prince in their prime. We saw Mike Tyson
2: lose. We had all the mics yeah. at one time We had all of the mics You're, You know what's crazy is I heard
3: this story One time and I just laughed so hard I, Every time I think about it I laugh uh, my, Somebody Asked Michael Jackson like why do you get up At all hours of the night to write music And he's like
0: well, I get up whenever
3: God gives me these ideas because if I don't, then he's going to give them to Prince.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always That's thought that hilarious. was real funny. Uh, Tony fell off. I didn't even realize he had fell off, but he's back on here now, so thank goodness for that. Uh, yeah,
3: you know, he was man, he's part of the music talk. The DJ wasn't, the real DJ wasn't present for part of the music talk.
0: Hey, my hey, internet, My internet went out, and you know, I hate to say it, but you know where I'm at in Oklahoma we just now graduated from two cans with a string tied between <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean hope. those are the setbacks of being a landowner snowman know, right baby steps first of all congrats, on, right that. Here. congrats yeah, on that man.
3: by the way that was cool seeing them pictures and seeing you get out and get your own shit that, boy, boy, cool. that boy said he got a
0: barn <laughs> got well it's a barn well for me it's a grow house but you know it's a barn tomato tomato
2: <laughs> we're going to do a, we're going to do the Bonfire Brawl pay-per-view at Tony's Land.
0: Dude, I got the room. Let's do it. There we go. Yeah, I, I, there got the, we I, go. I got the I got the speakers and the turntables. Let's make
1: it happen. Uh Let's get it. Bryson Reed is popping up on people's radars Where does he land? I think he's more impact.
2: Impact. New Japan says they want him. Well, you can probably do both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain you can do both.
3: <laughs> we can make, we can definitely make that happen.
2: You can get that built into the contract language. I want to do both.
3: Man, I had to look this up because I couldn't remember what it was called. Uh, shout out to the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, one of my, my favorite Wu-Tang songs was on Wu-Tang Forever. It's called Reunited. If you guys yeah. haven't heard that track, check that out. They had some guy, there's an
1: episode, uh, I believe it's episode... One or two this season, where they had a guy on a ferry with the violin playing the uh, the sample for the for Reunited live, like throughout Man, the show. it was it is amazing. That is such
3: a dope song. I love that. Now, now show. I'm really gonna have to watch it because me and my friends we would just sit around and uh, we we would jam that song all the time. It, it was funny because I remember one time, uh, like we called the Psychic Network, right and. uh you know, that's back whenever they just charge you out the ass for that shit. <laughs> so, I mean, we weren't even adults yet, so we're like at my house. You know, my mom's gone wherever, and uh, we called the Psychic Network. And you know, I never really thought about the repercussions of when it showed up on the phone deal. <laughs> but uh, you know, like it took this lady like thirty minutes to get over the fact that a white dude, a Native American, and a black dude could be best friends in Oklahoma. Like she was floored by it, and I was like. Hey, this you know really but you're not a that psychic. Big deal. you should have
2: known this already
3: i mean yeah like what's up you know i mean but you know our music influence was so deep we would listen to so many different things and, and you know i don't know if you guys remember the old hastings Superstores, but yeah you know, don't don't, don't you own,
1: don't you own one of those
3: me and my wife own our own version of it kind of a spin-off of the old store now but i worked at the original store for 12 years my last and stack of so, vinyl came at, at the closing of the original. So yeah, I, I trust me. I, I know. <laughs> but you know, it's like, man, you work in that environment, you work around music, or you're even in the music industry. Like you, you listen to so many things you probably wouldn't normally listen to. And you know, like my music taste is all over the place. And I would just listen, listen, listen to whatever I can get my hands on.
0: Man. <laughs> me too, man. Everything but country. I mean, I I'm I with George Strait, but. Man, That's it's got to it.
3: be situational, man It's got to be yeah. situational Yeah, the only
1: time I ever forcefully listened to country Was uh, when I drove trucks for about nine months About
3: seven years ago so Outside of that, nah, you miss me uh. That's probably good truck driving music You know, my thing is like, man, it's usually so sad Damn, like, right. you know, somebody's dog died Or you ran out of beer or... it's, it's, it's rap for those who, who don't
1: have It's rap for the rhythmless, is what it is
0: yeah, yeah, I, I fuck with country rap all day Like Jelly Roll and Struggle Jenny and Demon Jones and those guys Big Sco, like
3: yeah dude what do you guys think in the difference now you know like I'm gonna take over like I'm the host for a minute (laughs) what do you guys think of hip hop now and then like which one do you think is better and why I'm gonna tell you I I like it now more
1: because the division the, the division comes only for those who are technologically challenged we did only thing we wanted back in the day was to hear what everybody else was hearing now we have the option to do so and if you don't like a certain style, fine. Go down the internet and find the one that you like, and get it. At, at, you know, to the point to where you want to throw up listening to it. You don't have anything to complain for. I don't like the people. I'm at. I'm at the age where people are going to saying like, hip hop is back. Hip hop never left anywhere. In fact, it's more prevalent than it ever has been. It's more readily Every available. Left.
3: Yeah, and, and you know, I'm sure Tony, you can vouch for this being a DJ too. I mean, being a real one. But it's like, <laughs> you know, most of the stuff I do. It's probably 80% hip hop request. 80% in Oklahoma.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hip hop is literally the hip hop is the most popular and most listened to genre of music worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. And 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 the way it's gotten that way, it's a double-edged sword, man. It's a good side, a good side and a bad side to it. Over the past 20 years, I would say uh, I believe and this is just uh, I believe people realize the power of hip-hop and have started to weaponize it um, i I don't like the fact that in the late 90s they acted like every hip-hop artist was a drug dealer in the mid 90s they acted like every hip-hop artist was a drug user and now in the 2000s they're over sexualizing everything um, so i I understand how it's brought eyes to it at the same time but like the old school hip hop head in me is like dude where's the social commentary where what are we teaching everybody like you, you, you it's not like back in the day where you could put on a krs1 album and learn how to be a man like nowadays you turn the radio on and all you hear are women talking about how wet their coochie is I, or I'm, guys you know i'm, like I'm really surprised guys talking about
3: everything they own you know yeah, like yeah. me the the message was so much better back then you know I'm really surprised. I, I like a lot of the beats now. I think the beats are great. You know, like yeah, production is, is what's selling hip
0: hop nowadays, man. That's... Production is hotter than the content. But there's
3: no content to what they're saying, you know. Like, and I'm not knocking Rat City. You know, I mean, what is there to that song? I
1: mean, it's just <laughs> money. All I hear is money, 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 more money. That's the name of the song. Yeah, that's well, there, there's, <laughs> a,
2: there's, the there's a fundamental
3: of the sick beats.
2: There's a fundamental difference between commercial rap and hip-hop. Hip-hop is about sharing your experience. Commercial rap is about selling your product.
0: I I agree, and I see you, Suave, as a hip-hop artist. I was talking to Wood the other day and I was like, dude, I've been a fan of Swab for a while. He's a hip-hop artist. He's not a rapper. There is a difference Mm -hmm. between being a musician and being a rapper.
2: Much appreciated. So the way I see it, I'm like, I, I want the accessibility tools that artists have now but with that golden era 90s presentation
3: that's on point that's you know straight I mean? up on point and, like and we, you know it is amazing now you know we've already touched on it but it's amazing all the different ways to get your music out you know you back then you needed that label if you didn't have that label, it was not happening. Oh not man! I mean, we f- firsthand like
1: um, I, last year. I, I, this is the first year we haven't done it since we've done the podcast. But Swaftoberfest usually gets post-produced here in my office and then gets uploaded, and within hours is readily readily available for the world to consume. With I mean, we're still doing it. We're just pushing the date a little bit. But but normally, but like if if this were like Tober right now, like yeah. we would be well. cooking. To the point that where at nightfall, files are being uploaded, emails are being sent back, and deals have been conducted, and by morning, you get it as a consumer. Right. You know, and, and yeah, like you, you, we couldn't do that twenty-five but, years ago. How can you uh, not no love way, that?
3: No way. You
1: know, you know we're, we're in an
2: era that whatever you do in a day can be consumed by the consumer literally as you're doing it or as soon as you finish it like we, we so this, this oh, is a
3: funny story Oh go ahead and finish
2: so and I, was like,
1: I was i wanted to do a, a tiny desk uh, with a with a project that suave and i are working on and just do it live and then take that live recording and then release that live recording as the actual album
2: still going to no, and, 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 like and,
1: and
3: we again something that couldn't happen 25 years ago you know a lot of people don't know this but i rap too so I had some I had some bullshit songs they're not good but <laughs>
1: wait <laughs> so wait day, wait Whoa. wait wait hold on hold on hold on
3: because <laughs>
1: boss you uh you you've been known to DJ. You're a wrestling promoter. You uh you, you own a Hastings uh with the dude, this Six. guy
0: DJ. Rest in peace to Road Warrior Animal. This guy DJ Road Warrior Animal's daughter's mitt. and he's like I'm somewhat of a DJ. Come on,
1: dude. Wait, give and, yourself uh, some credit, but, bro. What he, he doesn't realize that there are literally four DJs on this on this show right now. <laughs> four legit. That's, that's wild, ain't it? Yeah, four legit. Yeah. How many? How often does that happen? You have four DJs talking at once. Um, but you also so you rap or you used to rap? like you what's the like,
3: what's? Uh, man I haven't I haven't rapped in a while I made a song like a few years ago it was funny because uh, some of my homeboys rap so the, the dude calls it like hey man like you want to come out and get in the studio and I'm like oh shit studio yeah well, that's what's up why not why not <laughs> you know because I mean most of my shit was always just me just jacking around for whatever reason I mean I've been rapping since I was probably 14 so I mean you know a couple years
0: Tell yeah, I me, mean, the studio was so, in a garage and the booth no, was in
3: kind a of No, it's Matthews. even, it's even better. So I go all the way out to the country, right? And, I, and uh, I go knock on the door. Well, dude's mom answers the door, and I'm like, "Oh shit, okay." So he lives with his mom. Okay, whatever. I mean, because I he, he didn't tell me that either. So I'm like, "Hey, is uh, you know, so and so here?" And she's like, "Yeah, he's back in his room." I'm like, "Okay." So I go back in his in his room. And I mean, this is probably five years ago, maybe. So I go back in his room, and I mean, he's a grown ass man. <laughs> and I go back in there, and uh, I was like, hey, hey, what's up? You know, I'm like, where's the studio at? And I shit you not. Like, he steps in his closet, parts his clothes, and there's the, the speaker and the sound foam. I was like, Whoa. That's the way it should be. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so he, like, gives me a notepad. I'm like, What are we doing with this? And he's like, We got to write your verse down. I'm like, oh, okay. This is serious. So, you know like we're in the middle of like listening to the beat riding our verse down and, and then this og shows up and he's got like a he's got like a bottle of seagrams
4: <laughs> <Bumpy face. laughs> like like hot
3: hot shit like i mean it's hot in a paper bag and i'm like oh no that shit would no. dissolve your larynx <laughs> yeah but you know oh. you gotta drink it or you're gonna lose some street cred so <laughs> it starts getting passed around i'm like oh this is a horrible idea <laughs> And so I drink it, whatever. By the time I actually got to do my verse, my I was slurring. I was having a hard time staying on the beat. (laughs) It was, (laughs) it was bad. But it was great times, great times. Because you know, I've always, like I said, I've been rapping since I was like 14. So you know, that sounds like
2: a good time if you rap yourself out of rhythm. Oh, (laughs) (laughs)
3: yourself out of rhythm, (laughs) yes. And you could tell, like when you listen to it back, you could tell, like I'm struggling to get these words out.
0: (laughs) You're you're, 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 you're you're in there drunk in some dude's closet, trying to piece words together. <laughs> He's over in the corner. <laughs> yup, yup. Mom! Me
3: both! <laughs> both.
0: So
1: I, I heard that
3: uh Fuego um, can kick a rhyme or two,
1: too. I can't believe they, I just that. I, I really I don't that. know.
3: I've never heard him. You know what's funny, though, is, uh, you know, with me being more old school, it's harder for me to adapt to the new style of wrestling. Not really adapt, because I get it, and I know you have to have that presence. But for me to really get into it. So, for a cu- the first couple of years, Fuego worked for me, you know, like I really undervalued it just because I didn't really get into that. And as I matured as a promoter, I learned that it really doesn't give a flying shit what I wanna see. You have to produce what everybody wants to see. You, have, heard, so have you heard the, uh, the
1: phrase dive, Fuego, dive at your shows?
3: I don't think I have. I'm about to say that started Actually, with that
1: started with suave burgundy. <laughs> yeah. It could have been there. It could
3: have been at the last one, but I really wasn't paying. No, this was attention. this was 2018 at yeah. the Lava Cantina.
2: <laughs> yeah, Lava Cantina. We we had had a few beverages and we had a really good we had really good seats and uh, yeah. Fuego, I think Fuego jumped from the stage. He sta- he jumped from the stage to the into the ring. He jumped from the stage, springboarded off the ropes and then into the ring and it was it was dive Fuego. Oh Di. yes. Yes,
0: yes, on. yes. Man, yeah, I remember yeah. the first that time I ever saw first time I ever saw Fuego was at an IWR show in like 2017, 2016 and it was at a roller rink in Denton, Texas. Wow. And yes, Fuego yes. had he was sitting there, he didn't have he had all of his merch, there was nobody in his line. He looked like a sad little puppy dog that, you know, didn't know. And now the guys on freaking TNT every week, he's got the whole crowd chanting for him, doing the Tornado D&D thing. I couldn't be more happy for the
3: dude. Oh, uh, me either, man. I think it's fantastic. But you know what's funny, so you know, we really never really bonded. So we do this show in San Antonio with one of my friends, Brandon Oliver at RCW. Well, on the way back, I was one of the last person to one of the last people to leave cuz I had to make sure everybody got out and, uh, you know, was on their way. Well, then I get this call The Fuegos' car broke down. So I'm like, hey, no problem. I'll swoop the homie up, no problem. So on the way back, you know, the radio's playing whatever, random stuff comes on. Well, then we end up bonding over our mutual love for the Coyote Ugly soundtrack. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) And oddly enough, like me and him are just singing all these songs. And I thought, damn, what a way to bond with somebody. So, what a movie, you know, man. To this That's day, impressive. like anytime Coyote Ugly songs come on, like, you know, a lot of times we'll still hit each other up because it's, it's so funny. But man, Every time know. I
0: hear Pour Some Sugar on Me, I'm transported to Coyote Ugly, man. <laughs> oh, my God, that song.
3: Oh, you know, like, I'm sure you guys, you know, you're going to feel the same way since we're all DJs. But it's like, you know, some songs that just are so overplayed when they get requested, you're just like, ah, no. Yes. Don't you have something
0: else? (laughs) Like don't you really listen to music? This is the fifth time tonight someone's asked for City Girls. Can we please (laughs) play something else? Uh, I I
3: wish I wish you know I was getting annoyed over something so cool as City Girls, but most of the time it is no it's just some bullshit that I don't even want to play, but whatever, you know. (laughs) Sometimes some of
0: the greatest things can be hidden in the most unassuming places though, man. You're talking about That studio in the guy's closet. Man, I had Teddy down in Texas one time, and we were doing media. I was taking him to all these hip-hop stations. He didn't realize how big of a hip-hop icon he was. (laughs) And one of them was Tri-Coastal Radio in Fort Worth, Texas. And I'm like, all right, Teddy, we're going to go to this radio station, get this knocked out. Well, I said radio station, but the guy runs it out of his house. And he lives on the south side of Fort Worth. And so we pull up, and Teddy's like, dude, what are we doing? I'm like, we've got to do this radio show. He's like, well, where's the radio station? <laughs> like, it's, it's right here, bro. He's like, dude, we in the hood. Where the fuck did you bring me, Tony?
3: <laughs> but, man, you know, it's, it's no different than hair. wrestling. It's amazing how much that stuff has evolved. Because You know, I was talking about producing TV with Eric Bischoff, and he was talking about the cost of production trucks, and I'm like, man, you don't have to have production trucks. Nope. It's amazing it's a, just how much things have changed.
0: That's six figures you can cut out of the budget right there.
3: So, damn right. You can yeah, take that six there, figures, for six, you know, yeah. You take that six figures and turn it into like mm, five hundred bucks. <laughs> hey, yeah,
1: but, exactly. But you know, Tony, what the issue was with with uh, with, with Teddy, if you, where you took him to was the hood, he recognized that because what I didn't know until <laughs> I met him was his his first job in radio was in Jackson, Mississippi, on the AM station, and where that station yeah. was was definitely the damn hood.
0: Hello, that's, a, that's a thing. We, we start the interview, and two seconds into it, Teddy's like, man, look at where I'm at, y'all. We're in the fucking ghetto, man. I love this shit.
3: Oh, man. Me me too, man. I, I like going to the ghetto more than I like going to the nice part of town. Hey. I remember I did a show in Dallas, and uh, my assistant at the time had scheduled me an appearance in Oak Cliff. <laughs> and I was like, have you ever uh, been I to good. Oak Cliff? Say it with your chest, let it be. Understood.
1: In, 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 in case you didn't know, Suave Burgundy is the mayor of Oak Cliff, Texas. I mean, well, I knew was what I can. To I was get like, back. you ever
3: been to Oak Cliff? And she was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you missing out. I was like, I'm going to go kill this meeting. I went to the Boys and Girls Club there. such a nice group of kids, man. Like, you know, um, anywhere you go, it's going to be what you make out of.
2: No, out you sheep. Yeah, that's one of those crazy things cuz Oak Cliff is so huge that like you literally get several different hoods along with several different high dollar neighborhoods and it's like Hold
0: on, you get six different hoods and you get Bishop Arts. No,
2: you that's you a... might get more than six different hoods. Bishop but <laughs> yes. Arts is not a hood. <laughs> no, Bishop <laughs> Arts is its own little part of the part of the uh, alternate universe of Oak Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> this no. is a fact. I got man, you know, I got you know booked. who I, I used to Tokyo. love
3: in that area? I used to love Mr. Pookie and Mr. Lucci. Nor- Dude, I North just slide. saw them, man. Yeah.
0: Lucci's still active. Lucci just got out of the feds, man. They did a show in Fort Worth on Halloween night, bro. Pookie That's and Lucci. That's The
3: Rippler went so hard, man. That album
0: was dope. Bro. And then Mr. Diabolical. Come on. Lucci <laughs> is just
2: good. Dallas <laughs> hip-hop icons and staples most definitely.
0: You know what
1: I'm saying? now uh finally we have our last piece of business to discuss and this is a uh this is this is a good one here with with some really sour notes to it john moxley announced that he's uh checked himself into rehab for alcoholism um which is very commendable because i thought all this all his drinking uh, on tv and shit was just part of a gimmick didn't realize that he actually considered himself as having a problem but recognizing that is very very key but a couple of things come out of this though this blows a monkey wrench in the uh in the world title world title eliminated tournament for aew and of course twitter fingers got the capping like, like suave elaborate on the on the twitter shit because like this is this is what really irks me about this whole situation
2: well as we know from dave Chappelle, twitter's not a real place but people <laughs> do get on twitter and they do a hey, lot of shit man. that's completely hey. unnecessary and the whole WWE versus AEW fans divide it seems to interject itself into every story that happens anywhere so there's there's one account that um, says you know AEW in light of John Moxley's um venture into rehab that AEW should have some sort of a wellness policy in place to which someone else retweeted it and said if you feel like this you should delete and block me i guess like Anytime you suggest that AEW should do something in the same vein of WWE, it's it's frowned upon like, hey, we don't need to do that because we're different. And it's like, well, actually, if you're treating your talent more like employees than independent contractors, it might be a good idea for you to have that in place. Man.
0: I think, though, I think the main thing with that tweet, and I'm pretty sure I'm familiar with the one you're talking about. Right. The guy, re- the guy referred to him as Dean Ambrose. He's like, yeah, so <laughs> Dean Ambrose going to rehab shows you that AEW should have a wellness policy like WWE. Bingo. Uh, and, and this guy is obviously one of those marks that goes on there all the time and oh is trashing AEW and talking about how they need to be like WWE. So that guy can suck my left nut. Just saying.
3: <laughs> man, you know, it goes both ways. Like to everybody that is like so hardcore condemning one company or the other, like, man, get out of here with that shit. You know, the the main thing the most commendable part of it all is that he's going to get help that's one nice. thing that you know in the world that where things have gotten so murky and there's so much awful shit going on you know one of the things that's great is the platform that has been given for people to speak out about mental health and, you know being able to openly admit they have an alcohol problem and go and getting help and and people don't look down on that stuff anymore you know you remember or you guys remember probably 15 years ago, like, man, if you came out like, oh man, I got a drinking problem, oh, he's an alcoholic, like, oh man, yeah. look down on him. You know what I mean? Like, And it shouldn't be that way. So well, I'm glad things be have changed in that sense.
0: For the longest time, CM Punk was one of the most anti, most vocal anti-alcohol guys in the world on TV. And he was in the ring last night, starting a chant for Moxley for going and getting help. He got the whole venue, he spent half of his promo time talking about Moxley and how he's not good friends with him they've had disagreements but he's happy that the guy asked for help because asking for help can be the hardest thing you do in life especially not, when you're a superhero like him
1: yeah not you know? asking for help is what leads to people you know having funerals rest in peace to Michael K Williams I mean you know he we know about his struggles with addiction but the fact that he uh, allegedly OD'd on fentanyl after you know having a story history with, with heroin like you know b- that happened because help wasn't asked for
3: yeah, and you know, you gotta, you gotta be with this stuff on the forefront like it is now, you know, you have to be more aware of, of the people that you're around and you have to be able to, I think, I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's hard sometimes, but you gotta try to look into people a little bit deeper and and try to realize when they do need your help or they might just need you to listen or they might just even need you to say something nice to them because nobody else is. I mean, it's Facts. There's so many different ways to help people and... You know, I, I think it's amazing he went and first going and getting that help. And and should they have a wellness policy? I mean, maybe. But guess what? All of that stuff costs a lot of money. Yeah, be a I, lot better I, off financially. It, having a policy is one thing, but having the ability
1: to address the issue with is something else. Like it, everybody can right. have a policy, but if you don't have a place to put anybody, the policy is only as good as the people that are enforcing it.
2: Like dude might have meant po- might have meant program more than policy because policy is just writing some shit on paper. This is what we think <laughs> would happen in case it's like the fire drill. Like in case shit happens, this is what you do. If you, you hear this damn, if you program, hear the sound, run. You know that type of shit. Right. Versus our actual program. Like okay, if something comes up, we we're gonna we're gonna. We're, we're, this is how we'll handle your next 60 days Like we'll we'll keep you on payroll We'll go ahead and get you in this program Complete this and then we'll help you get back integrated And not throw you back into the fire immediately That's more program That's real than policy
3: That's real shit and you, and you know honestly it's like man You know They just This is not about one company or the other This is about somebody's life That That's is more important exact. than any wrestling Program you're going to watch His life is more important than any so
2: and, and instead I'm, of I'm like
3: knocking you. one company or the other, just be happy that this guy is going to get help.
0: And at the perfect time, man, he just had a, a kid with Renee, he's a new father. I mean, he just went through one of the hardest years of his life, whether people want to admit it or not. John Moxley carried AEW through the pandemic. He was their champion. He showed up and wrestled in front of an empty arena with no mm-hmm. fans. Back. Uh, I mean, the guy who, who knows the pressure he had on his back. Badger and forth in so, Japan. I man, I don't even, even, even want to. I don't, I
1: don't even want to like fathom what it's like to put that much pressure on your back when you feed off
3: of a crowd and there's no one there but your peers. Oh yeah, you know. And props to AEW for how they handled the pandemic. You know, look how many uh, independent people got the opportunity to work on a big stage. And yeah, I mean, they're still giving it to them. You know, during the pandemic. It was every week. So many people get in these opportunities. What a blessing for everybody in the industry.
1: I mean, hell, that's Maybe how that, that, is Fuego.
3: Of shit. Fuego is the ultimate example. He <laughs> Fuego, he, the master. Yo, you he, know what's funny was somebody was like, they were like, man, you know, it's cool. He got signed, but, you know, he should have won more matches. And I was like, you just don't. You don't, you don't know what he did. He like, missed the point.
1: Listen. Fuego was working for. This is for those who don't know. Working in Oklahoma, anywhere from Thursday or Friday through Monday, traveling Monday night to, or to Tuesday to get to Jacksonville to be in Jacksonville by Tuesday night and or Wednesday morning. And in the midst of doing that and rinsing and repeating for weeks on end, caught COVID on the front end and still navigated through and got signed. That 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 I mean. He's a story. And he's married,
0: and it's married and has a family, and he's uh, maintaining a family. Now
1: life. that I didn't know, and he lost his grandfather during the pandemic too, and that so all all of these things, like I didn't know that he had a family. That's crazy because my wife would have, yeah.
0: my
3: wife wouldn't have yeah. had nothing to do with me after that type of shit. But that's that's amazing. His drive to give where he got was relentless, and you know, the, I mean, there was a lot of people like me, naysayers along the way that didn't understand at first his talent. You know, there was a lot of people that. No, he stuck with me until I did see it. And he's still with me today, you know, and I appreciate him for that. You know, it was very cool. us uh, doing that show at the Cotillion a couple of weeks ago because, you know, it's, that was my first show back. So obviously the first show he's worked with me since he's been signed. And, you know, it was so cool seeing his merchandise line be like four times as long as it used to be and, and seeing him share that moment in the ring with Matt. And, you know, and afterwards, you know, we just gave each other a big hug and, and uh, you know, was just like, thank you. I was like, thank you.
0: Yeah, uh, he's off uh, Look at my baby boy all right, grown yeah. up and wrestling Matt Hardy. Look at him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Man, it was like a proud dad moment, you know? <laughs> it was very cool. But, you know, that that's what a promoter should want for all of your talent. No. I mean, you know, maybe it'll be different one day as world-class continues to grow. But right now, you know, you should want your talent to go to AEW or WWE or whatever. That should be your goal, to use your tools to help with your product, but also to help the people that are part of it. Because without those people, you don't have a product. That's,
0: that's a fact. it makes you look good. It makes you look good. Where'd this guy come from? Oh, you've been wrestling at world-class the last three years. Oh, I mean, it does,
3: it does make you look good, but it, the more important thing is... You know, you're helping, you help somebody get to where they wanted to go. And now, you know, he still works for me, but guess what? He doesn't need me anymore because now he can provide for his family and himself on his own. And that is the best part of all of it. Yeah, no That's doubt. Real. No doubt.
0: That's real,
1: real. real shit you ever wrote right there.
0: You know, I've said, dude, I've <laughs> said this all the time, man. The best way in the world to make money is to help other people make money.
3: Yeah, man and, yeah. and you know, the dude was always one of the most humble people in the room. He never griped about his spot on the card. He never griped about any finishes. He did what was asked every single time with a smile on his face.
1: Shit, boss, there yeah. was there were weeks on end where he wasn't actually getting getting the touch of the camera. You know, so he'd go down there and not get paid. He was throwing
3: yeah. money. He was investing in himself. And you know, I, I think with society the way it is now oftentimes you know you get these dudes it's like we talked about earlier if sting is humble all of you should be humble too in the business man and you know, <laughs> i mean for real and it's like i think oftentimes now there's this sense of entitlement or this or this brother bullshit like bro you ain't my brother like <laughs> now if you want to treat me like that and i treat you like that in return then maybe you know we can call each other that, that throwing around the brother thing or the well, you know, like, I know so-and-so, like, what about this and that? Like, earn your keep, man. And, and you know, people coming out asking for crazy booking fees, earn that money. Man. If you're gonna, if you're gonna sit there and take that money that you're getting, and you're gonna make that amount
0: of uh, money back from people that come to the show, okay, noted. You got Dude, it. not don't, don't, be, don't be giving my secrets out there, man. How, how am I gonna get booked without brother calls, bro? That's how I get on my booking. <laughs> hey, brother, you got a spot on the show, brother? Asking asking for, you know, asking, I love
3: Hulk Hogan.
0: Hulk Hogan's it, my dude. He book but at the same, brother same brother time, like that
3: brother shit gets old.
1: Asking for a ten thousand dollars fee for five dollars <laughs> tickets. No, and, and, and with fifty seats, you can't do that. It doesn't make mathematical sense. I we're mean, only we're only related
3: with three hundred. Even if you're asking for three hundred dollars or a hundred dollars, are you getting a hundred or three hundred dollars worth of people there for
0: that? Bro, we've been. Pre- I've been preaching the same thing for years. I swear to you, man, if, if you weren't so close to my age, I would think that you were my long lost daddy or some shit. <laughs> it's like Jeez, I tell bro. people, man, like if you're gonna, it, it, this was in the hip hop world, but it translates over to the pro wrestling world because I used to book hip hop shows, and I got tired of being an over underpaid babysitter, basically. You know, um, and so I try to book somebody, and they hey, I want two hundred fifty bucks. Okay well it's 25 bucks a ticket so can you guarantee me you'll bring at least 10 people here to cover what you're asking for oh yeah i got you bro and nobody shows up you know what i mean
3: you know (laughs) one of my favorite things i saw i saw i can't think of what it was it was at southern junction it was a independent boxing show and uh their gate was seventy-six thousand dollars. and that's real fact like it was on the internet for some reason
0: southern junction (laughs) They brought yeah. that much into that place? Yeah,
3: and you know what it was, was they had local people on the show. Cause I asked Tony, I was like, hey man, how did this happen? And he was like, the fighters have to sell tickets. So all these dudes contributed to that. And it made sense because you know, there was a couple of local dudes came out and it was banging in there. Like it was, it was legit. And it's like, if that's the case, you know, like they were out there earning their keep. Wrestling people think they're entitled, a lot of them, not everybody, a lot of them think they're entitled to it. You know, Jinder Mahal is one of my good friends. And uh, you know, he told me like when he was on the come up, man, he would go from town to town. Sometimes he wouldn't even get paid. He would take whatever opportunities came his way. He would sleep on people's couches. He would do whatever had to be done. He would carpool, anything he had to do to get to that next town and get to that next opportunity. That's that same hustle that Fuego had. That's the that same hustle that everybody on this level should have. If you want to get there, you're going to find a way to get there no matter what. No matter what the pay is, no matter what the circumstances are, you're going to make it work.
0: Factual. But you got to get out, you got to get off your ass and do it. Like, you know, to quote, to quote the, the philosopher, Bernard Freeman. Um, oh my you know, God. Cars ain't driving themselves. Mansions ain't building themselves. You know what I'm saying? Ed McMahon going to show up next yeah. week with a check.
3: If you're gonna no, be gonna bad, give it you be nothing, bro. It. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just the truth, though, man. If you want something bad enough, then go get. It. Don't expect other people to hand it to you, and don't expect it to be given for free.
1: Go there get it is. There it is, man. I, Factuals. We, we can end that on a better note, right there, man. We uh,
2: much appreciate Swab, what you got, man? One last question before we get out of here, because we've been talking the whole time about you have to mesh um, pro wrestling content with entertainment. Uh, the new style that, that Ring of Honor, well, the style that Ring of Honor pretty much fathered and founded, the the mix of pro wrestling uh, and, and MMA, that's one thing. What is the lane of entertainment that some promotion has to present to be that that new wave? Like, not, not necessarily AEW or WWE, just any promotion at all. What lane of entertainment isn't being, I guess, exploited, for lack of a better term? That you know, I, need think, to be I think integrated. it's
3: tough, man. I think it's a really tough to figure out how to make, with so many products out there today, how do you make yours stand out? I think that's a constantly evolving question. I think your answer today might be a different answer tomorrow because of the way things change. But I think you have to have, you, you actually have to have a plan. You have to know where you're going, how you're going to get there. And you can't be a cookie cutter product of what's out there. You no, know, I think in a lot of ways, you know, uh, I think SWE had something good, you know, because it was different.
2: You know, it was um, more Man. of a
3: more of a throwback promotion, and you know, unfortunately, some things happened with them. You know, I've been in that same situation. You know, uh, you know that sometimes you just grow too fast. But I think in some ways, uh, they were on something with their product, and uh, you know, I think you have to carve out your own niche in the market. But it has to be something that's sustainable. Ring of Honor did that. But guess what? It wasn't a niche so much anymore whenever WWE and now AEW took those philosophies too because, you know, they're bigger companies. So therefore, even though you might have been the originator, now you have these bigger companies that have taken what they do, meshed it in with what you did, now they've created a better product. So I think Ring of Honor taking the break and retooling is very intelligent because I think they see that. And I think that we have to, you know, like on our level, you still have to find where do you fit into the market. And if you're not keen to the fact that you can see and analyze your own actions and your own product accordingly, then you're not gonna get there. You have to you have to learn to be honest with yourself and your in your product. Learn what's good what's bad what's ugly you know I I remember specifically after we did the Wizard of Oz thing I was like woo parts of this were pretty bad (laughs) you know I remember telling our group of guys like guys the lesson to be learned from this show is that not everything we think is funny everybody else is gonna think is funny (laughs) so you know I think you have to be smart to these things and you have to be you have to know the market. Mm. and I think ultimately any promoter that's that's promoting if you're happy with what you're doing that's the most important thing you know if if it's what you want it to be then you're doing a hell of a job and you know those of us that aspire to do bigger things you know you gotta figure it out along the way and you gotta surround yourself by people that are better than you and they've been there and and you gotta be able to recognize that they're better than you Yeah, and guess what? I mean, that that takes you getting rid of your pride, right? Which is hard for a lot of people.
2: right? And not be threatened by it.
3: Yeah, you know, it's like (laughs) I surrounded myself this time around with Kevin Solomon and Eric Henry, who are both seasoned bookers, right? And I know, bottom line, like, yeah, they know that better than me. And I am okay with it. And, you know, it's (laughs) like, well, we have a conference call every week. And whenever we're going over these ideas, you know, I don't give a shit whose idea it is. I want the best idea in the room.
0: There you got to you surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, and you got to get to a point where you realize that if someone in your group isn't an asset, then they're a liability. They can only be one or two things. They're either an asset or they're a liability. They're helping you get where you're going to go, or they're holding you back. One of the two.
1: There's a uh, there's, there's an age old adage that's, that goes: if you if you feel or you know that you're the smartest person in the room, it's time for you to change rooms. And if you don't change no rooms, wrong room. yeah, if you don't change Amen rooms, you're that. going out of business. And on that note,
3: man... uh, you got to learn, too. One last thing. you got to learn who is on your team. The people that are on your team are going to be the ones that stand by you through thick and thin. They're going to be the ones that trust you and trust the process. If they are not on your team, they need to go. There it is.
1: (laughs) Get them the fuck up out of here. Yo, Tony Snow... As, al- as always my brother we appreciate you man uh, you know you take care up there we'll, we'll, we'll link up again here real soon
0: bro uh, I've got uh, real quick I gotta make sure I get it to you I've got a project an album not the mixtape an album dropping tomorrow
1: see, and yeah. so see? I'll
0: get you um, it's some some country rap we're talking about one of my favorite local DFW artists and uh, I did all the instrumentals, and it's fire, man! It's called Hollywood, Texas. So I'll make sure all three of you get a service pack on that.
1: Let's get it, though. Let's
3: get it, Jerry. Plug everything. Oh man, I'm so bad at this. Uh, you can find World Class Pro Wrestling at WorldClassProWrestling.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at World Twitter and Instagram at World Class Rev. You can find us on Facebook at World Class Pro Wrestling. Uh, come check us out. December 11th, we return to Texas, Southern Junction in Irving. Mick Foley, the Von Erics, Mark Lawrence, Eric Embry, Kevin Sullivan. Pastor, Reverend Mark Lawrence. <laughs> Put some reverence Reverend on that man's Mark name. <laughs> Jacob Fatu, Moonshine Mantel. I mean, the talent is so deep on this show. Uh, SWE champion Charlie Haas is joining us. Uh oh. Uh oh
0: uh oh <laughs> yeah and you, you know uh, you don't say those three words around here sir
3: uh oh is it hey uh, man you uh, know it, there was are, obviously a lot of things that went wrong but uh much respect for any promotion that tries to do something bigger
1: is it is it possible that world class may have a little privilege in his future
3: <laughs> uh, you know, we've tossed it. We've tossed it around. Uh, I don't think it, I don't think it can be called that anymore. But uh, we've, we've what, tossed it around. What, whatever it's called, <laughs> whatever. it's You know, uh, tremendous uh, respect for, Charlie, Haas, for Char- Charlie and his in ring work. Charlie is Charlie's following iceberg. me, bro.
0: Char- Charlie is stalking me. I'm upset. <laughs> like I'm telling you, I, I, did, worked <laughs> I worked SW with Charlie. <laughs> After that, I go to Texoma for play by play. Who walks in? Freaking Charlie Haas the following week no the next day i'm at pele pro in arlington texas who does a run-in on isaiah james charlie haas i get up this morning okay let me check facebook oh look who's gonna be on world class cast this afternoon charlie haas i swear he's like oh my god everywhere i turn around there's charlie haas pointing at his crotch
3: you know what's crazy is all these years i've never worked with charlie so you know Uh, we're excited to have him Uh, yeah you're about
0: to because you got me so everywhere I go we go to Charlie
3: yeah he's like man hey he's like Tony works for you I was like yeah he's like man I need to come work with you too and I'm like all right,
0: bro I gotta finish making this kid's life hell I gotta finish making this kid's life hell I'll work for free (laughs) just get me near Tony (laughs)
3: that's exactly
1: how it went (laughs) oh man anything else Uh, Tony uh, boss y'all got anything else to plug before we get up out of here
3: uh oh, man, Seag TV. Download CGTV TV for free. You can watch all of our back catalog for free. <laughs> um Yeah, I'll be be on the lookout soon. Uh, I think we're gonna be expanding into other areas as well. We're gonna like I said we'll be in Irving and North Richland Hills every single month starting in January. But first don't miss Christmas Star Wars at Southern Junction Irving, December eleventh, worldclassprowrestling.com.
1: There it is, right there.
3: Tony? And
0: yeah, oh. I'll be. Um, I, I think for November, the only thing I've left on the books for November, I've kind of taken the month off, but uh, November 21st, I'll be at the Rail Club. Next Level Internet Radio is doing some like awards yearly award show, and they're going to give me an award. They haven't said what, but um hopefully. Man, didn't the Rail
3: Club close,
0: bro? They are closing. They keep saying they're closing, but they've been saying that for two yeah, years.
1: Yeah, it's been at least two years they've been yeah, saying that. There,
0: there's there's an event there. There was an event there last night, actually. So <laughs> yeah, who knows man. when it'll actually shut down. But They'll, they'll, uh, they'll,
1: they'll close at 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <And> then, um,
0: <laughs> hey, you know, and hopefully
3: then, Chris pulls it out, man.
0: He's far yeah, hard for that. Yeah, no, he's a good guy. Um, And he's paid me a lot of money over the years to DJ there. So I'll always be in his corner. Um, yeah, hopefully so it works out for him.
3: And then shout out um, to Smooth Vega. There I got yeah. it. Shout out to Smooth Vega. Name, sir. Right.
0: Shout out to Lorenzo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, and then December fourth, Austin Theater with Big Tuck, December tenth, uh, Bubba's brew house with a little flip. And December eleventh, Christmas Star Wars. So, so there, what I got look, Game up. over. There it is. Game over. Hey, you know, wants, dude, I got I gotta get you with him because he was supposed to appear on SWE TV. He's a huge wrestling fan. They were going to have him on and have him in an angle with Rodney Mack and everything. So I need to get him linked up with you because he still wants to do something in the world of wrestling. So. Bro,
3: if you're with him on the 10th, why not bring him on the
0: 11th? Yeah, if I can get him down there, I brought him to Ring of Honor. He did a thing with um, with Flip Gordon um, when Flip when they were in Texas one day. Flip won his match and came over to the rail and little Flip gave him a double cup and did a cheers with him there and the crowd just went nuts. But he actually wants to get in the ring. His exact words were, "I want to slap a motherfucker and clothesline a motherfucker." So, we'll
2: interview him before the ninth, and we'll just—it'll be one big package deal. We'll get the promo out, and then bam, show. Then Star Wars, and then we there get
1: we get yeah. a prediction. Then we actually get the action in the ring. He'll be hitting a motherfucker and clotheslining a motherfucker <laughs> all at the same there time. There it
3: is. <laughs> as long as he wraps himself to the ring, I'm cool with it. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> I was like it's like what it was that? Like <laughs>
1: great, great white hype. We met the man. Walked, walked <laughs> in.
3: <laughs> and he could have like you know like instead of this is the way we ball, it could be like this is the way we brawl. There we go.
2: Really. Oh, oh money right there. Put a penny. Money. There. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wait, wait. Right
0: there. Counting it. This Probably
1: match is scheduled for one fall. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Suave, do me a favor, bro. Yo. Take us to the house.
2: <laughs> Pencil pushers. Heads up. Pencils down. <laughs> Whole lot of fucking gang shit. <laughs> shit,
4: shit, shit.